What's poppin'? The Drew and Mike Show rolling from the deals in the D.com studios. Exciting show today. Gary Graff talking about Alice at 75, his new Alice Cooper book, which is quite something. I got to tell you. It's Beautiful. Really, it's wow. Pictures and great book. I was enjoying it this afternoon. And White Boy Rick, who will be with Charlie LaDuff at Andiamo's on March the 18th. And that show is selling fast. I thought it was sold out. It's not sold out. I think maybe the ticket sales might have surprised them because they can hold, I guess they can hold 800 people at that place. And they probably weren't expecting that. But man, they sold 500 tickets in the first hour and a half or something crazy like that. So um, yeah, I wonder if there'll be a second show maybe. That's on the 18th of March, Saturday at Andiamo's. And tickets are still on sale. So uh, we'll see what Rick knows about that. And we are in the DealsInTheD.com studios. And the show, of course, is presented by Hall Financial, here to help you become debt-free. If you're experiencing credit card issues or just liquidity problems, how about a cash-out refi from Hall Financial? If you own your own house, you have options. And why not find out what they are? Because uh, they're pretty creative over there. Call Hall Financial at 866-CALL-HALL or chat with them online at callhallfirst.com. And we were wrapping up the show yesterday when the latest excitement from Ann Arbor broke out with word that uh, police had had a search at the home of offensive coordinator. Wait, offensive coordinator or co-offensive coordinator? Co, yeah. Uh, Matt Weiss's house. Four police cars. This is a while back, though. It wasn't yesterday, but I guess it just got out. And it's some kind of computer access charge. I don't know what it is. I'm I think he was so stealing a Netflix, Netflix password. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. That's probably what, yeah. Well, I mean, one day it's a hamburger. The next day it's a Netflix password. I don't know. Josh uh, Hensky was reporting that, and he got the thing from uh, DPS at U of M that it was there was a report of fraudulent activity regarding emails. So it sounds like he was trying to get into somebody's email account. Oh. Someone's email account. I so. hate people that do stuff like that. Yeah. Who, oh, what, yeah. Are, what are oh, the people doing that? Com. What are they usually looking for? Uh, covering up mm. breadcrumbs of pussy. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to guess there's a boner involved in Sounds this. Sounds gross. Why did I say it that way? You've got this, mail. Breadcrumbs of like cleaning up the snail trails? I don't know. Ah. Or just covering, wow. your tra- covering your tracks. Wow. Hotmail.com. I just saw it involve a boner somehow. Exactly. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's, uh, it could be something financial. It could be, who knows? It could be, I don't know. It's getting somebody's email. Generally, that's because you are snooping. Yeah. yeah. And you're a stalker. Mm-hmm. So he's obviously stalking. Well, I don't know if he's stalking he's someone, but it sounds like it. Yeah. It sounds like somebody's trying to get into something they don't belong in, and well, I fucking hate Red that. Breadcrumbs of Pussy is the oh, number one reason. That. Stop saying uh, I you can't coined believe you said that. I didn't say that. <laughs> That's the number one reason, or, you know, conversely. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful about what you say. I probably should have left a trail of breadcrumbs. <laughs> John Bobbitt's penis is directed right <laughs> at you. Oh, my God. I felt, no. I felt it's, really it's bad like last night. It's like radared in. It's insane. I don't know how to stop it. I I'm tr- I feel like I should cock, cock block him. He's got a vagina <laughs> rod. <laughs> Just to move him away. Trudy, were you able to listen to the entire conversation? No, I did not. Oh, don't. But I got messages today from people who informed me. These narcs. That the Bobbit rocket is. Yeah, it it was one of those things where he couldn't get you off his mind. So, where's Trudy? 
Uh, no. I want to come to Detroit and see Trudy. Oh my Trudy, God. Trudy, Trudy. And everything else is blank like from his mind. John, what about your lawsuit? What lawsuit? <laughs> what lawsuit? Trudy, he's going to be rich soon. Is he? Yeah. Is he really? Camp Lejeune. I, I think he is going to get some money. I, well, he should. I think no he should. Idea. Yeah, if he lost two feet. If that's why, I mean, the, well, I, 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 think, I don't know. I think he may have had some, you know, neural damage from that. Possibly. <laughs> I mean, there's certainly nothing else he could have done that could have caused this. I mean... I mean, we know that he lives a, like you said, he's a Where's guy my dick? appreciates values. And when he talks about women, it's like, wait, what? <laughs> weird when he talks about what kind of woman he's interested in, he's somebody just, with traditional born, values. He's and, a born born in the wrong decade. It's like a prehistoric man. He just, he just got wrapped up in the lifestyle that was thrown at him. That's true. It was just a little period of time. But remember yeah. when he was telling us about his girlfriend? And I'm like, what about your girlfriend? What girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> he just told us he had a girlfriend who was about his age, didn't he? No one, yeah. Nuts. No one lives more in the moment than John Wayne Bob. I'm so glad I found my dinner. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to break up whatever's going on there either. So I'll just. I'll take the high road. All I can say is, cock blocking on behalf of Trudy is officially legal. Yeah, it's temporary. Somebody got a dick. Somebody, please. Come on, uh, do it. Every time he mentions coming to Detroit, I get nervous. <laughs> Why? Because he's going to stay here. I don't know. I just don't. I mean, he's just such a wild card. Can he stay upstairs? No. <laughs> what? Absolutely not. What are you talking about? He'd be no, a great house no, guest. No, no, no. Clean up after himself. He cannot stay here. And he wants to drive everything everywhere. He oh, wants that's to drive cool. Trucks and... I don't blame him. It's I know. Profession. He's I a guess. driver. It's true. Better He's a Jeremy driver. Renner. We should, yeah, we should ask him about the accident with uh, Jeremy Renner. Oh. Just have a different topic. I'm an excellent driver. Yeah, when he's not driving something, he's trying to drive his penis into something. <laughs> I mean, we know that about him. Did you hear the names he was reeling off? His Who dated who is kind of incredible. It's legit. You can look it up yourself. Really? And he confirmed all those porn stars that are on his Who's Dated Who he indeed had relations with. He was just, he was Wait. throwing, throw, porn stars threw themselves at John. Who is that according to, though? The World well, Wide Trudy. Web. He banged uh, uh, some really hot porn stars. He really did. Which well, wasn't is he in a porno? Yes, he's in yeah. Uncut and he's in Franken Penis. He's also in Nudes of Poppin' Two. I saw yesterday. <laughs> is he Nudes of Poppin' Two? What? I wonder what that is. Franken Penis. In wow. some way, what Lorena did to him was help his career. She really did. Uh, she did put him on the map. I mean, it's called Nude and Rude. She also cut off directed his dick. by Carl Stanion. But it is reattached, and you know, Trudy's seen it. <laughs> that knuckle. And then remember it, it had all It looks a little like melted wax, you know. Trudy's oh, seen that knuckle. Remember all those fat injections he got and yeah. he got that ligament cut so it could release more length? He's been through a lot. I mean, it was, boy, they really worked on that thing before, Franken-penis and uncut, because it was substantial. Well, thankfully. Some of the fat was reabsorbing, though, and it was a little spotty in spots. Oh, it was a little God. weird looking. Thankfully, he had a good uh, director on that set, too. Was that Ron? Did Ron Jeremy direct that? Uh, he oh. directed one of them, yeah. And wait. Um, there was a ruling yesterday on Ron. Yeah. yeah. Did, have you seen pictures of him? Not looking I don't want good. It looks yeah. great. No, he <laughs> He's living his best life. Sure, do you want to give him a makeover? <laughs> you got to look at him. It's Let's just, just say he doesn't have the contraband of <clears throat> hair dye. Look, yeah. Who knew that he dyed his hair? I know, isn't it? I that mean, is weird. He looks like it? Jerry he Garcia. Like him to begin with? Why does it matter? But he, yeah, he kept himself... With dark hair and that little uh, Zorro mustache. It's funny. I see that a lot of times when, uh, oh, look at so-and-so's new hairstyle. 
Yeah, but she looks like shit anyway. What does new hair do? What's new hair? Distract you for a while. Does it look like he's he's got on his jumpsuit? It looks like he spilled food all over it too. Oh wow, I didn't even notice that. Yes, a mess he is. Or he blew a load. I'm not sure. I believe. Looks like he was baking bread or something. He's got. I, mean, I talked to him like four years ago. He seemed fine to me. I don't know how he's so senile suddenly, but apparently. Yeah, well, the he mask. Is. The mask sort of adds to the whole thing. He's doing the John Denyanyuk. Yeah. 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 He it is. does look he's that pulling way. Pulling a Denyanyuk. Well, um, I was uh, was looking into the Pam Anderson story today, which just came out of nowhere late in the day, and it was about how. I guess people are getting kind of like Prince Harry. People are starting to read little blips of her book. Oh, okay. And she says the one true love of her life was... Hef? Tommy. Tommy. Yeah. And... (laughs) I thought, wait a second. I remember her saying that he threw her and Dylan against the wall. She was holding... Yeah. Only because he loved them so much. I went on a motherfucking bender, bro. I mean, she got him thrown in jail... Uh, when he broke his probation, she ratted him out for drinking, even though she encouraged it. And, of course, he had he had assaulted her a few times at that point. But oh. I guess it makes sense. Who else would it be? I tell you, they're, they're perfect for each other. Yeah. I mean, I'm a titty man, so I like to see titties. They're perfect, but they're also terrible for each other. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no way works. that could have lasted. He would be, if they were still together, can you imagine all the young women he'd be pounding behind her back? <laughs> I want to see everyone's dick. Uh, because that was the one thing that kept him in line was she was so hot. And as they were running through her various boyfriends, they mentioned Kid Rock. And I'm like, oh, I wonder oh, what she's going right. to say about Kid Rock. And all they said was that uh, they referenced once when she was very upset because, you know, he was touring and traveling a lot. And he was back in L.A. And apparently he didn't bother to tell his wife and he went to a Lakers game instead. <laughs> <laughs> My first response to that was not was not exactly like, Oh my God, that's terrible. He's in LA kind of on, by surprise and he doesn't tell his wife who's Pam Anderson. I mean, but he got Laker tickets. And then I, then I thought, well, what year Lakers was it? Yeah. What year was it? Because it was the 2004 team or the 2000 team. Yeah, I mean, that would be understandable. Phones, cell phones didn't exist. Couldn't just text her. Maybe couldn't get another ticket. What year was it? Well, they were married. Didn't say. They were married 06 to 07. Well, there you oh, go. So it yeah, had to be, be way hard to text yeah, somebody those, then. I think those were the best Laker teams, to be honest. 2006-7, were they? It's still the I think Lakers, they won man. It. But if you're going to be in town and not let your wife know, I mean, that... He was working. Like, you have to do, you know... Well, he was off. You have to be seen. What would you rather do? He go? was at the Lakers. He yeah, saw him at the Lakers. That's game. celebrity. Like, hey, that's my husband on TV. I thought he was in Nashville. What the uh, fuck? He just got back. Uh, he just got back. Yeah. Stopping by before he surprised her. He wanted to so, surprise oops. her. That's why he didn't tell her. So anyway, it, it, it worked. It, it kind of rattled my brain a little bit because she cl- <laughs> she claims that the sex tape ruined their marriage, and I I understand that was an inc- I, I mean honestly watching well, that ordeal, series, but yeah, it was revelatory to me that wow that would that could really fuck anyone's life up even pam anderson i can understand why that was and i remember at the time feeling like i can't believe they can do that i cannot believe they can really because you know i didn't know that it was true that the tape had been stolen i mean there's a lot of theories that oh they want it out there they're making money and all that but 
that really was stolen from them. Yeah. It was known to be stolen, and yet still they couldn't stop it. That seems doesn't that seem incredible? That's yeah, yeah that is amazing that I mean, they couldn't do anything about it. I always thought, and and I think, um, and Mike was very clear on this topic, and I felt pretty much the same way he did. I think he's a little more paranoid than I am. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, Mike, we love you, but what happened to privacy? I mean, we used to be pretty sincere about privacy in this country and medical records and just generally privacy and mind your business 911 <laughs> just mind your business please no out the door with social media and connectivity well we we willingly gave it up with social media yeah. mm-hmm. but you do give up some why, why privacy we, for security i don't understand why we gave up privacy for social media there's a lot of stuff to post on social media i don't understand why like this whole emergency room thing to me is ridiculous you can't okay you cannot film or photograph in the emergency room or in the hospital. That makes total sense. That's fair. Mm-hmm. That's not taking away a lot from social media. What are they going to do in their hospital? Really? We're really that worried about no. social media people's freedom. <laughs> and also, you know, it's perfectly normal now to post text. Say, hey, Prince Harry, post text from... Sure, I think nobody follows any rules anymore. I mean, they just make up whatever rules they want, but, whenever but, they want them. I guess my question, what happened to privacy, though? There were people that would get really upset, even when it wasn't their own privacy, because they felt really strongly about privacy. And I, I feel that way, too. And I, I only bring it up because I just bumped into this Pam thing, and then it's on my mind because of this A-B thing, where he puts out his baby mama giving him a blowjob uh, to the world. Yeah. And by the way, the video was on my phone last night on Twitter. Yeah, People I didn't put realize. Out the video for blowing him. Yeah. I didn't oh, realize there was out. a sex video too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This would kind of violate what I'm talking about by playing this, but oh. <laughs> it's out there. What the fuck? Sorry. I don't care. I, it doesn't matter. I mean, well, it does matter, but. Hey, no why, one is. Why do you stay with him? And B, why do you let him videotape you? Well, no, she... In any way. She's nuts, obviously. She's, she's she's so stuck. She's in the most dysfunctional relationship. She's still a victim. I think she is a she's victim. She's an enabler, and, but she's still a victim. Hey, guys, and wait, wait. She, A.B. was hacked. What are you talking about? Yes, A.B. says yeah. he was hacked today. He was hacked. <laughs> Although the, the original photo said, don't play with me. It was a message to her not to play with him. Like, oh. call the police when he hits her. Oh. That's playing with him. <laughs> So anyway, I can't believe somebody hacked his phone where they got the video and his Snapchat account. Isn't that terrible? <laughs> Two things. That's really and maybe tedious. that's what Matt Weiss is in I trouble was just for. Say that. <laughs> was it Matt Weiss that did it? But someday they can share that with their children and say, "This is where you were made in this video." Oh, gross. <laughs> no one does that. And, and you know, honestly, online I, I see a lot of people laughing about this. I, I just, I guess, I forgot. I, for, I don't know where the privacy people go. There are always those people who go, this is an outrage. What about her privacy? This is terrible. Shouldn't, you know, isn't this revenge porn? Yes, it is revenge porn. It's yeah. absolutely meets every criterion of yeah. revenge porn. She stated, she's talked to Snapchat on a few occasions, said, please stop him from doing this. It's not the first thing he's posted of her that is very compromising. He sent video or uh, photographs to their children of her also in some state of undress in some kind of a sex act. I guess nobody cares about that either. I heard you got a big ass head. 
isn't she pursuing any sort of legal legal course of action? I think she could. It's whether she's willing to. I don't think she needs to. I don't think she needs to either. I think they could could simply say, hey, she's upset about that. She's begged Snapchat to take it down. By the way, it's still up there. It's all over the place. Snapchat has no control over anything. And that's beyond their scope. I mean, that's out of the bag. Should now. they really be asked to take things down that people put up that are illegal and unnecessary? No, they can't be held to that kind of responsibility. <laughs> no. Nobody is. No. <laughs> it's just, well, now it's not just Snapchat. It's Twitter. It's Reddit. Has it? I mean, yeah, everybody has. It. And I'm not really that upset about it. But I mean, I have seen documentaries where you know teenagers have killed themselves over similar things because something got up there and they had that oh my god my life is over feeling which i think everyone's had at some point when you got in trouble or something happened and this really i mean for all the trauma we spend time talking oh look what happened to prince harry and Meghan Markle. oh my god i mean look at all the discussion about their trauma nobody gives a fuck about antonio brown yeah. her girlfriend nobody cares oh you're right yeah Trauma's yeah, we listen her. to these other trauma, these tantrum throwers, these professional tantrum throwers, like Britney Spears. You see, she's upset about Justin today. Yeah, oh she my took, God. Took that, what? That comment down. I got a she's, new tattoo. She hates her new tattoo, which tells me that she she made it up as she went along and then didn't like it. Tattoo in Maui three days ago, three funny face emojis. I can't show it because it sucks, crying, laughing emojis. Like, it really sucks. Shit. Monkey emojis. PSS. I have to fix it. I bet you. Tattoo time. Look at Tattoo time. Sunburnt shit. One day I'll figure it out. Who knows? You'll be like, whoa, that was Look. Well, that's a great way to get a tattoo done, right? Yeah. yeah. She's holding her arm. Don't you usually put it on? Yeah. <laughs> They're in their hotel room. Hotel room. I got she it. wanted one right now. I got it right in the hotel room. What is it? A tattoo. No, no, she won't show it. I, I predict, here's my prediction. You ready? Within a year, she's gonna have full sleeves. <laughs> she's gonna cover. She's gonna try to fix this one. She's gonna hate that, and then try to fix that, and then it's hate that. And then she's just gonna have a bunch of I don't know, flowers. She's gonna pull a Bentley. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. she she posted old photos of her with Justin Timberlake. You know, we used to shoot hoops together. Um, that's where miracles happen. Which is like. What? Isn't she married to someone else? No, it's a yeah, she's weird. We apologized to her, too, unnecessarily. No, because she cheated on him, and then he called her out, and he's apologizing right. for the part yeah. where he called her yeah. out. He, he was trying to attain closure. Yeah, her, her trauma is more important than anyone's, of course. Anyway, I think she, she needs to go to anatomy class, too. She follows up this whole thing about Timberlake, who's her boyfriend when she was 17, and he was 17. Really? She's still mentally 17. And Brandon, what'd she say? Something about coming out of her mom's stomach? <laughs> I didn't even understand. I came out of my mom's stomach just like we all did. PSS. Why well, always cast me out? I'm equal as all. Okay, so she's, this is another professional tantrum from the professional tantrum thrower, Britney Spears, <laughs> who is, in this case, she's throwing a tantrum because Justin is perceived as a, everything is great, wonderful guy. And she, why, what she, I don't know what she's upset about. Or because he broke, they broke up. No, I have no idea what this post means. You're really at trying all. to decode it. <laughs> Can't decode her. Pretty silly, but <laughs> I mean, she's. Oh, wait, you left something up, Brandon. She said, "I'm equal as all." Yeah, I'm oh, equal she, as all. She's saying she's not equal to Justin Timberlake somehow. What? What does that mean? How could she I'm possibly? What does that? What is that oh. pea brain trying to get across? <laughs> I think she. <laughs> she's got like. 
she she cut ties, and then he kept going forward with a life. Yeah, because he's and a career, very talented, and he's a movie actor. And I feel like she's probably like, ah, why not me? Well, he's a talented, focused star. And she's an idiot. She, yeah. it's clear. She's, she's a, a total idiot. She's Anything a woman she, of the people, and he's an elitist. That's why she's saying like, I I came out, of, you know, my mom's vagina just like everybody. <laughs> Stomach. She's right? really she's really about fairness. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, do you see that picture of her in the restaurant? By the way. Yeah, she's not close up. She looks terrible. Oh, kind of chubby. Yeah, very much. I wonder she's if she's nasty. Now. She's free. She's gonna plump up. I wonder if that she wants. I came out of my mom's stomach just like we all did. Is that like her way of saying we're all born naked? Or I mean, no, we're all equal. We're all equal I think. Yeah. I mean, I'm who equal knows? As all. Except Justin isn't. Justin's better than her, or at least she thinks he thinks that he is. Well, he is talented. He came out of his mom's butt. I know what comes out of his stomach. By the way, Brittany. Um, so, Brandon, on TMZ <laughs> today, <laughs> I've queued up. They've also uncovered, it's following this idiot around is just what a, how moronic we've become. But hey, here we are doing it ourselves. I love it. I love this it. This is it's entertaining as shit. I don't know what you're talking it's about. It's pretty fun. Yeah. This is her post from the place where she had the meltdown, was speaking in gibberish, mm-hmm. and her husband, Sam, ran out of the restaurant, left her there because he was so humiliated. Right. And then she complained that people were taking her picture or whatever, which, of course, no one in Los Angeles has ever had this problem before. So this was <laughs> unique to her. And so she did have a post during the meal. Listen to how incredibly unattractive and vocally fried her voice sounds. This is brutal. All right, so the best thing about the TMZ video to me personally, I'm starving with the pasta. What if I jump from one table to the next in the video and I ate the pasta? Would be hot. Like a cat. Yeah, I got what I wanted. Okay, first of all, the pasta <laughs> they have the cat uh, filter. that down, please. Yeah. They have the cat filter on. Oh, boy. How old are they? Well, she's I, I mentally think that's why her, seventeen. Her voice is voice is so unattractive because she still tries to talk like a baby, like that sexy baby oh, voice. Baby, baby. But she's so old that it sounds like garbage. That's a good point. Yeah, I think you might be right about that. She's trying to be attractive, and she's hard. not. God. But I, every time I hear her sing a cappella, oh Jesus! <clears throat> once again, horrible. Once again, I really hate that she thinks she's hilarious because she's not. This is what happens. <laughs> Listen to this. Only fools are rushing. Oh, no, but I can't. How could anyone think she has any talent besides dancing? Is she going to sing that for um, Lisa Marie's funeral? Oh, maybe. <laughs> for Lisa Marie. Yeah, what are they yeah. investigating? I don't know. She, why, she why just is... got fucked up. That is the died. voice of an angel. She, by the way, they have new pictures of her from 2021, and she looks just so baked. I mean, I feel bad for her. She looks out of it. Lisa Marie. Yeah, she looks really. Her pallor is awful, yeah. like gray. Well, when she died, um, there's a lot of talk about she was just at the Golden Globes and blah. I'm like, oh, oh she wow, looked that's, horrible. Though. That's really she, interesting. And then the I picture. saw all the video of her at the Golden Globes. I'm like, asking that people, person needs a lot of help. Asking people if they can hold on to their arm. Yeah. She can't stand up. I mean. I felt that way after, you know, a couple of riff nights. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Too many shots. And then you have to drive home in the backseat of the uh, limo. I felt like that. Oh, my God. This is very early in the evening, though. And she. Hey, side note uh, regarding her and Elvis. Can Austin Butler drop the accent now? 
Um, Have you seen him talk? I saw him at the Golden Globes. Trying he thinks to he's Elvis still. Like he sounds like Elvis normally. He actually said that oh, I've been doing this voice for like two years, man. I just can't drop it. I can't <laughs> drop it. It's like, yeah, you can. What are you talking about? If you're an actor, then pretend to go back to hey, your Mark, old voice. He has a message for you. I will pull your goddamn tongue out by the roots. <laughs> I just can't stop talking like this, man. And once you fall into that personality, sometimes it's kind of hard to leave behind. And then there was a story today about, about how it might be permanent for him. I'm like, it's not permanent. If he added it, he can take it away. What are you talking about? That's not a story. Oh, that he might have no choice but to yeah, talk about Yeah, he's just, uh, he's just been doing it so long that that's just the way he's going to talk. <laughs> he, he told... And he's going to die in the shitter, too. He told Kimmel... <laughs> so if I talk like this all the time, I will permanently talk like an effeminate yes. man with a cold. It's pretty interesting. We were telling Charlotte that uh, about Elvis and that he died on the toilet, and she goes, "That's how Dad's gonna die." Aww, oh, jeez, that's a good joke by her for an eight-year-old. That's a great joke. Okay. Oh, dark, right? Oh, blah. He told Kimmel though that they were in Australia and they were quarantined before they started doing this, and then it had to shut down for a while, and he had to stay in character. Because he was afraid that he'd lose it. And so he would walk the beach and do Elvis and laugh at himself. And, you know, like in his headphones, he had Elvis going so that he could, like, learn his voice. And so he'd walk the beach talking to himself like Elvis. You don't feel very much when you're on the stuff. That's why it's stuck. That's why he can't get rid of it. Isn't it incredible the importance these people give themselves? <laughs> Alec Baldwin says, when you die, chances are you could be thinking about a famous movie scene. <laughs> I can't wait. What? Yeah. What scene? That was bizarre. What scene would you think of? Have we covered, we've covered this. I, I would not think of a scene. I would think of a scene from my own life. <laughs> I think that's what I'll think about. I'll think of the Billy Madison dinner scene. <laughs> <laughs> this guy can stay in my room. I'm going to think of this. For, one. I'm going to think of this with, uh, with Half-Baked. He had sex with my <laughs> mama. <laughs> hey, have you tried uh, Ghost Budsters, by the way? Don't play the music, please. I tried uh, those Budsters. I, I did some show prep. Uh, I did some sponsor prep last night while watching Glass Onion. And uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Well, how'd you like Glass Onion? Much better after Ghost Budsters. Exactly. Because, <laughs> because I indulged in Ghost Budsters, which is incredible. You can you can tell it's incredible just looking at the bud. And it, it it's great. It's fantastic. But That's high praise. <laughs> but when you're watching a movie like Glass Onion after indulging in Ghostbusters, you think you become a sleuth. So like <laughs> right out of the gate, I'm like, I'm gonna figure this movie out. I'm gonna find the killer, man. Because it's a it's Take a who done it. It's a who done it. And I did. I kept pausing it. If I couldn't understand a word, I'd put the captions on. And I really liked Glass Onion. I did. Did you? How long did it take you to watch it? Doing all the pausing and stuff. <laughs> Three, four hours. Yeah, it actually probably did take me about two and a half hours because I had to pause it to, you know, change the subtitles. Here's, but also Bra here's my Brandon pausing it. Oh, that's giving me a clue. <laughs> <laughs> but also my, my daughter kept waking up. So I oh, to, I just started getting a clue. I had to keep going into her, her bedroom. Did you like the song at the f closing credits? You know, I didn't pay attention to that song. The best part of the movie for oh, me. Yeah, yeah, I've got a raging clue right now. <laughs> well, early on, early on, they're playing Blackbird. And, yeah. Uh, he's and playing Blackbird on the guitar that Paul McCartney right. wrote was, it on. And then he, like, hilarious. throws it. That's yeah. hilarious. Wait, how did he have the guitar Paul McCartney wrote? He's a rich, it's a movie. He doesn't really have Edward it. Norton plays a, an eccentric I don't think he watched it. I don't think he watched these movies. I, no, I saw him play guitar, and he stops, like, in the first verse, yeah. I think. But I didn't know that was Paul McCartney's guitar. Well, that's, that's, what, that's, that's what he said. That's what the movie says. It was in the movie. In the okay. movie. Okay. Yeah, that's the point. Wasn't there a Bowie song or two co-opted yes. for that movie too? That was oh man, that was cool. I've been listening to Ziggy Stardust and Spiders from Mars. I love that album. Yeah. I I just rediscovered it. <laughs> I mean, I always liked it, but yeah. just a lot of tracks on there. I kind of forgot about. Yeah, anyway, uh, Ghost Budsters 
is our newest sponsor, Ghost Budsters Small Batch Craft Cannabis. They are Michigan caregiver-owned and operated by owners that actually work the garden and manage the operation to ensure quality. Good quality. Brandon, can you vouch for that? Fantastic quality. That's, That's high praise. <laughs> Ghost Budsters has won six Cannabis Cup Awards. Really? That's pretty impressive. Cool. You know, they had it in yeah, Clio, uh-huh. Clio, whatever it is. Mm, letters to Clio. Each crop is meticulously hand-trimmed by actual growers that care and that are very passionate about their trade. Not grown by corporate, these big corporate people. Boy, the man. Exactly. Yeah. And would you know, the man would take control of pot as soon as it was legal. And their premium packaging ensures the product stays fresh, which by the packaging is pretty cool, isn't it? Yeah. Find Ghost Budsters at one of your favorite dispensaries like Vibe, all locations, King of Buds, King of Buds in Monroe, Information Entropy. Whoa, it's heavy, man, in Ann Arbor. I think they do very well there, by the way. There's a dispensary in Ann Arbor? Information Entropy. Breeze in Hazel Park. Now, there's a place people can go. Oh, and yeah. Shango in Hazel Park. And many, many more. Be listening for some exciting offers from Ghost Budsters Cannabis. Ask for it by name. And by the way, if you go somewhere that I didn't mention, ask for Ghost yeah, Budsters because they yeah. would like to get into some of these other places. Yeah, tell them to stock it. I'll make sure it gets in the dispo. So then Send we pictures have of it, ghosted too. Ghosted me. Can they uh, break into Farmington for me? Because there's no dispensaries there. Oh, I think they do Zero. have Ghost. I think Ghost Budsters is available somewhere near Farmington. I will find out, Trudy. That's important. Straight, yeah. Uh, new car inventory is growing. When inventory grows, so do the savings. A full lot means a better selection, and a better selection means dreamy deals. Best of all, when you visit your friends and studio sponsors at Zot Ford and Holly, you get both. So if you bought out your lease in the past year or two because there's nothing to choose from, the deal sucked, then today is your lucky day because there's no need to spend money on new brakes, tires, or maintenance. Just trade that turd in and get $2,000 more than it appraised for. Yeah, an extra two grand they throw on top of the appraisal for when you purchase uh, or lease a new Escape, Edge, or Explorer at Zot Ford. As a matter of fact, you can trade in almost any used car and get the extra two grand when you get a new whip. Nobody cares. Who need, made these deals? Need more deals? How about 0% financing? Yes, 0%. Who can do that? On many new vehicles in stock at Zot, plus Gabar and the team will toss in a Ford factory trifold tonneau cover at no charge on every F-150 you buy or lease in the month of January. Clearly, an expanding inventory generates beautiful bargains, and you can check out both when you visit dealsinthed.com. Congratulations on mastering tonneau. Uh, thank you. That hooked me up yesterday. Took a while. Legacy Partners, saving you money on all that insurance, auto and home, and of course they have... Uh, business insurance, too. We've talked about small business, but they insure large businesses, too. They want you to know that. And helping people through Medicare, too, at no charge, which I, I promise I will take advantage of that. They're independent. <laughs> they shop all the carriers for your insurance to find you the best deal. And when you get their quote, you'll be pissed at your current insurance provider. So call 586-209-4106. I forgot who sent the email, but somebody just saved $800. They were delighted. I mean, you just find 800 bucks or 1000 bucks or 2000 bucks. It's awesome. We're doing nothing but making a call to 586-209-4106. Legacy Partners. Yes, that's Legacy Partners. And um, uh, let's see. Why don't we try Gary Graff? Because we unfortunately have two people booked at very close to the same time. Gary. I don't know why, but we do. And so this is going to be Gary May Beef. 
let us call in early, but let's see if we can get away with it without any comment. <laughs> Alice at 75 is awesome. Sweet looking book. Kill 10 seconds, I'm going to run upstairs and get the book. We were uh, showing it around the office yesterday. Doug has a copy of it. I know, it's, it's weird to say that a book is beautiful, but it comes with a lot of other things, too. Yeah, which is kind that of cool. artwork, and then it's in that velvet sleeve. Yeah. I love books that come in a sleeve. Special. <laughs> hey, Gary, how are you? All right, how are you? We're great. We're great. Good. We're just Good. killing time till Drew got back to go get the book. <laughs> we were just talking about what beautiful packaging that book has. It is. It is a nice package, isn't it? And the promo <laughs> packet, Gary. This is. This I is know. like. This we is give your, you. We give you stuff. This is your avatar. <laughs> I mean, you've really gone all out on this. It is 3D. The one thing they didn't tell me about was the uh, was the black velvet cover. Yeah. Really, oh my God! It's cool. I love that. Yeah, yeah that, that was the that was oh. the surprise when it came in the. Uh, oh wow! Look at these. And there's a poster reproduced, a poster of Alice's 2000, uh, let's see, 2000 Post Street in San Francisco, Alice Cooper, Winterland. What year is this? Do you know? Tickets at the door, $6. It's got to be a long time ago. Oh, quite a while ago. Wow, that's cool. What a nice picture. That that was was during the 70s. This is like buying the White Album or something. It's all the stuff you you can't get this if you buy it digitally, so you got to go actually (laughs) buy the book. I'm serious. Five dollars. Idea. Can I put this on eBay and get some money for it? You know, you can bench press with the book, or you can hold a door open with it. It's cool, man. So did you get to hang out with Alice a lot? Well, a lot of the the book is is kind of the result of hanging out out with Alice a lot over the years. this This is not an authorized book. Oh, it's what? not. Really? Yeah. Yeah. No. This what is, does that mean? That means that means it was written, but without. Gary gets their all the money. Is what it means. Consent, right? Yeah. <laughs> their consent or, <laughs> or participation. They were they were supportive and helpful when I needed it, but yeah. not. Wow. You know, it's not. It's not, not enough their to get paid. <laughs> um, so now with a publisher, I, this is kind of inside stuff. But uh, when you uh, approach the publisher with this, I'm sure you've got. Uh, a lot of the book done or probably close to it. How do you get them to go, look, I want this to be really something special. I want it to be in this special cover. I want this press packet to have major crap in it that people can resell on eBay because it's so cool. I mean, they've really gone all out. It's not like, you know, normally when a lot of people put out books like this, they're just, you know, it's just a book or even a paperback from the beginning. But this is really, I mean, how did Project. you how did you get them to go along with this, Gary? Well, so this is a di- this is the flip side of that. They approached me. Um, this is this is the same publisher I had I'd done a couple books with before, and they they were starting this series called At Seventy Five, and the idea is these were going to be musicians as they turned seventy five. These books would come out, so they did one on David Bowie. And they did one on Elton John. And but then Bowie died Al- at 67. How'd they do that? Well, well I mean, because he, he turned 75, he had a celestial heavenly birth. How'd he cover the last <laughs> eight years? Nice, nice answer, Gary. That was good. <laughs> Ridiculous. So he's good. dead. So you know, I didn't, I didn't do the Bowie book, so it wasn't my problem. So are, you, <laughs> are you looking at people that are 72 and 71 going, oh, my God, I can do that one? Well, ideally, that's what you do. They gave me this one when Alice was 73 and a half, and I'm like, thank you. So, <laughs> you know, we, 73 and a half, and can we have it next week? Okay, sure. Who's next, wow. though? Well, the, well, I was um, thinking I've, Seeger, but, I mean, he's, he's over I 75. It's too older late. older than that. Too Springsteen, late. I, I believe there's a Springsteen book coming. 
and uh, I haven't heard. I haven't heard about future ones. We, we've discussed a few. Who who would you have enough material to really have a running start? You know, like a Billy Joel would be Ooh, fun to do. Really? Um, yeah, and you have to look. And then you know, there's some talk about okay, you know, not many bands have hit 75 yet. So do 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 we talk about bands at 50? And mm. you know, there's always every year you always have a nice clutch of big name bands who are who are turning. 50, 60, whatever. So that's a way to go, too. Are all of these at 75 books the same sort of genre in the, you know, in the sleeve and velvet and with the posters? Yeah, mine's the, mine's the nicest. <laughs> I, I don't know if you expected me to say anything but that, but but it is bona fide the nicest. Nobody else has black velvet on their cover. Wow. Well, um... So, and, and, but the, and, you know, and, and I loved the concept, this idea that, okay, it's... 70, the cha- it's 75 chapters, you know, 75 mm-hmm. aspects or events in their career. Wow. So to me, it's like a needle needle drop. You know, you take the book into the bathroom or wherever you read it, and you stick you stick your finger even anywhere, in the, anywhere in the book. <laughs> We're not going there with the bathroom reference. Mm-hmm. But you stick your finger anywhere in the book, and you're, you're some you've got something interesting, and you can read it wow. in a in a finite amount of time, and then go on. Or if you want to read it cover to cover, it tracks as a as a narrative. Wow. Okay. Well, now we know all about how to read the book, and um, and, why, and where to read the book, and all all we could know about Gary Graff and his important connection to Alice Cooper. But how about let's talk about Alice Cooper for a second. Like for instance, I was. I've often wondered this, why he was on the bill for the John Lennon Rock and Roll Festival, which in September of 69 was a big deal for him to be on that bill. But then Mm -hmm. somehow uh, his manager, Shep, what's his name, Shep? uh, Shep Gordon. Gordon. Shep Gordon Gordon. got him to be the last act before Lennon displacing the doors. And I thought, wow, that's incredible. The doors were just huge at that time. And that seems like a big deal for uh, Alice Cooper. It, oh, it, it very much was, but that's the brilliance of uh, Shep Gordon. If you've never seen the film, um, they call him Supermensch. Superman. Uh, yeah, the documentary. You know, the the you will learn what a brilliant Weasel. manager, marketer, and Shep was basically. <laughs> Shep, you know, they were doing a lot of things in Toronto at the time with Alice Cooper, and Shep was helping out the organizers of that Toronto rock and roll revival uh, festival, and he did. Initially, you know, they didn't have John Lennon. John Lennon was literally a day uh, day before addition to the bill. He was in the Beatles at the time. I mean, that's so weird. He was still in the Beatles at the time, but they added John like the day before the bill. It might have been two days, but I'm pretty sure it was the day before the festival. And he just calls Clapton. Come on, Clapton. We're doing Toronto. (laughs) That's how it it worked back then. You know, they threw all these guys on a plane. They rehearsed on the plane on the way over with their acoustic guitars. And they played a set that if you've ever heard the album or any of the bootlegs, it sounds like they put it together the day before and rehearsed on the plane flying over. Um, But still a magical moment. But, you know, Shep was in tight enough with the guys who were, putting the festival together and he had helped them get some money and do things like that. But that was his deal is I'll help you out. I won't take any money, but you're given Alice prime billing, whether it was before the doors or as it turned out between the doors and John Lennon, you know, he basically, he basically traded his services for Alice's billing. One of the funniest things I read in the book was when Alice got 
to know Shep and, you know, kind of knew that this guy really is, he's a kind of guy that could help direct our path forward. And, um, and at the same time, they're signing with Frank Zappa, who, by the way, just did not even like or get the band, but he thought, well, if people <laughs> leave the room when they play, they must be doing something. <laughs> so Frank exactly. Zappa. And, uh, and, and they get signed for $30,000, which to a young band, and Alice would have been 20 or 21 at the time, like thirty thousand dollars! Oh my God, that's like six grand a piece! Holy shit! And a Shep lot of says, Budweiser. <laughs> yeah. And Shep says, "You know what? Um, let's take three thousand and keep ownership of our music," which was a huge <laughs> decision. But how do you tell a band? And, and Alice put it this way: He said, "You know, to say on our manager's first day that we're turning down twenty-seven grand, you know, was not an easy sell. But what a great decision that was!" Oh yeah. And throughout throughout Alice's career, that's one of the the great stories in in the Alice Cooper universe. Is these guys have been together since 1969 on a handshake, and oh, wow. you know, they, and you know, and they've made great they've great made made great art together. They make great decisions. You know, it's 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 been a true partnership. And Shep Gordon, of course, went on to create the concept of the celebrity chef. That didn't exist until he started representing some of these chefs. And the Food Network probably wouldn't exist if it were not for Chef Gordon. What? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's a big part, as you can read in the book. Uh, that's a big... That's a, <laughs> yeah, Trudy didn't you know, read the book. Didn't she's not it had, to me yet. She's not had access to the book. It took me a long time How am I going to get my copy? Although, was it wheels? Now, I found something really good when I was reading the book. Uh, number 61 is um, Alice Cooper talking about his response to Britney Spears with the snake. Oh, yeah. And then he went on tour and he you know, took her head and put it on a spike. But you have a quote in there where he's just like, he said he talked to Elton John and Paul McCartney about how no matter how good our album is, it's just not going to get played anymore because this is where popular music's going. Which made me wonder, could you guess or speculate what he would think about the fact that Elton John did a song with Britney Spears that became a big hit now, and he did one with Dua Lipa. Alice might think that, yeah, Elton listened to me. <laughs> way back, way back when. But he, he would but, never you know, do that. But that's kind of, I mean, listen, Alice could do the same kind of thing. I, I don't foresee that. McCartney, well, hey, McCartney he did, did it with what? Con, yeah. Kanye Rihanna West and Rihanna. And, uh, Rihanna. You yeah. Know, no, and, these guys, then, working with other people to sell records is really an old routine yeah, it's, it's just old, so overdone i think, I think if alice if alice wants to up his game he would he would much rather be in a band with you know joe perry and johnny depp yeah and is let, it, yeah, that, let that be the hook right yeah they've done some cool stuff that's number oh, yeah. 73 in the book the hollywood Vampire. thank you i uh, wanted <laughs> to mention it. the uh <laughs> the 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 book the pop festival <laughs> Which was in July of 69, which Alice got a great response at. And I think that's when they decided, you know what, Detroit's for us. Because they'd been rejected in Los Angeles. Alice was from Detroit. And he says, I, Detroit is my hometown. And he yeah. loved Detroit teams. He still does. And he is very much a Detroit guy, which um, makes me like him a little bit more. <laughs> anyway, when they paid the, played the Saugatuck Pop Festival in July of 69, the response was so well. They said, we're just going to. We're going to locate here. And they got a farm in Pontiac. And, you know, it's interesting, though, what I was really getting at was those pop festivals, which were so big in that period, uh, Michigan really had a few pretty cool pop festivals at that time. Oh, yeah. You know, of course, Goose Lake, of course. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, yeah, play I mean, Goose Lake? And they, they had, I forget what it was called at Meadowbrook, uh, 
one year, but I know the Stooges were part of it, and I think oh, wow. an early version of Parliament Funkadelic. Oh, cool. Uh, we're, all too, we're all too young to have been there, of course, but... Uh, <laughs> But I, I do think the, you know, I do, I do, you know, it was just part of the culture around here. And that, you know, it was too an outgrowth of the Grandy Ballroom itself, an outgrowth of what Bill Graham was doing at the Fillmore and the idea of just creating these crazy concert bills so you could have like Sun Ra and Alice Cooper or Whoa. Andy Williams and Alice Cooper. Whoa. I don't think that ever happened, but. I mean, how, but, would, know, how would those but, two demographics function with each other? But they did. Well, those two demographics, maybe not. But, you know, Sun Ra, <laughs> somehow like Sun Ra and the MC5, you know, the ethos of that time, whether it was... Gary, don't Grandy use ethos the, on this show, please. Yeah, no, whether it was Grandy or the Tea Party <laughs> in Boston um, or, or the Fillmores, that's, that's, what they, that's what they do, you know, is put together all these unlikely... Acts, but that's what that audience wanted at the time. They really were, ha- and there, and part of that. And listen, this is a much deeper topic we're getting into. But there wasn't as much music around at the time, so it wasn't as con- you know, wasn't as consigned. It wasn't as formatted as it as it became. Not that long afterwards, but people, the same person who wanted to hear "Kick Out the Jams," you know what, uh, wanted to go hear Sun Ra blast off into outer space, really? or go hear. Jo- John Lee Hooker so. or somebody what? like that. I think we, you're bummed. Who, who was the promoter for all of that? There was one big bathroom that was, break. Uh, well, that was Russ Gibb, you know, back then, bringing uh, people in uh-huh. into the Grandy, and he had Quite a, a team around him. But even the, in the early days of bamboo productions here, the early days of Brass Ring even, they, that was still something that was being done. It You know, it gradually kind of uh, flittered, flittered away and became very formatted. And no, you know, Sun Ra and Journey, uh, Sunrise Led Zeppelin. We're not going to play on the same bill. Hmm. Another great uh, local story. There's a lot of great Detroit history in here. Is Alice is working on after the first two records. One I think was number one ninety three on Billboard. The second one, which was called, was it Make It Easy or something like that? Oh, the um, prettiest. Well, there was prettiest for you and Easy Action. Easy Action. Okay. So they're working on the third album. They've got Bob Ezrin working with them now, and Bob's like, I really need some hooks, and you know, got to have a sensibility that will work for radio and and that was a big fight between bob and the band but they do start working on i'm 18 which i guess was an eight minute jam or something Uh and and he really honed in on look gotta work on the lyrics etc etc he gets himself you know a three minute version of i'm 18 that he thinks is really sharp and the album isn't even finished he leaks it to rosemary trombley at cklw and they start playing it here, and hits used to be made that way. I guess it was already a regional hit when Warner Brothers was forced to put it out in November. Right. Yeah, even more than regional, because CKLW, you know, they were, the, the programmers in Los Angeles and New York listened to CKLW, too. So, so yeah, you had this hit. Uh, Warner Brothers woke up and realized they had a hit band on their hand, and then the Alice Cooper band woke up and said, maybe this guy's onto something. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe we ought to do this. But what was interesting, too, was you listen to those maybe. albums, you know, Love It to Death, Killer, <laughs> School's Out, even Billion Dollar Babies. They had they still had some weird stuff on them, but they also had Hits. plenty of songs, you know, really good songs. Well, he, he did absolutely, in my opinion, you know, as a fifth grader or whatever. I remember I'm 18 and thinking, well, that's, that's a cool song. Oh, and yeah. then when School's Out came out, Alice Cooper was a monster to me. It was like the coolest song ever. And, you know, 
I never thought of that they were thinking, you know, the school's out. That's something that could really blow. The school's out. Everybody, I mean, it seems so obvious, but they were thinking about it when they when they made the song. And, of course, the song absolutely rocks. But once those two songs were out, it seems to me Alice Cooper had a big imprint already. Yeah. Oh, oh absolutely. I mean, one thing to always remember about the Alice Cooper, that, that original Alice Cooper group is they were all smart guys. And then you had Shep Gordon, who was a smart guy. So this was not, you know, these were not a bunch of people flailing around, you know, just trying to to be sex, drugs, and rock and roll. They were, they were smart enough to know what would work, and and they were smart enough to know what was good. And uh, Alice was a very stylish guy in high school. I would. That's one thing I read. I was like, really, I can't picture him being a stylish kind of guy, but he, (laughs) but he was. And then. The mascara, which, mascara, oh my God. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Alice was, I guess you got to be a little bit of a trailblazer if you're going to be a star like Alice Cooper was. And he had that sensibility. And those guys in the earwigs and the spiders, those were all high school friends. Yeah. Isn't it amazing yeah, they, how they often that happens? They went to high happens? school together for the most part. He and Dennis Dunaway were, were painting houses and listening to the Rolling Stones, you know, for day jobs. Dennis Dunaway didn't play bass. When they started the band, but he became one of the most influential bass players in rock history really? and one of the most interesting and unique and original. You know, that's, this is a guy that ranks with Jack Bruce as as a great rock and roll bass player. So there was, you know, a lot of it was the confluence of the times. A lot of it was the personalities involved uh, there. And a lot of it was that this all happened at a time when it was it was more of an open lane. You could really invent something, you re- know, back in 68, 69. I remember reading about him in Circus Magazine, and and the first thing you would see, the first thing that I saw, not the music, um, it was the snake and the electric chair and stuff like that. So those, you know, those are savvy choices that he made to make those kinds of splashes, you know, differentiate himself too. Um, and, and that attracted me first before the music. So it's just you were, a, you were a snake girl. Were you're you? so shallow, Trudy. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what you know. Like it, it it's it's like um, yeah. you know now his a very scripted sort of a look at first. I remember oh, yeah. seeing the vi- he did a video. I mean, there were people that actually. Well, a video seems like it'd be a big deal. He made a video for the song "Elected," and I love the song. And the uh-huh. video was like, "Oh my God, is that cool? A video for this song is so cool." <laughs> song. And what a power chord song, man! Oh man, Glenn Buxton. Yeah, yeah. No, they did. A, they did a lot of. I mean, there, there's a lot of invention mm-hmm. that's part of this story. I mean, they were so big in England, and England was doing music video from, you know, the early '60s on. So you know that really what, what you're talking about with Elected was really the British wing of the, of the record company of Warner's saying we need we need something visual we need you to do something and boom there it was and you didn't see it much in the United States of course back no, then not a so lot of cooler. mainstream outlets were going to play Alice Cooper it's one thing to be on the Snoop Sisters it's another thing to show Alice Cooper playing his music with his band you know I I thought was sad um, you know reading about these guys finding each other in high school and you know a guy from the rival high school and one guy from Camelback High but they were all in that that zone together in different bands and they all came together and then when Alice leaves the guys behind it seemed like 
things did not go well for his oldest friends. You know, Glenn Buxton had kind of a, a tragic uh, adult life, I would say. And it seemed like, you know, there should have been more for those guys. I mean, I mean you always kind of go, why couldn't Ellis keep his friends in the band? And, you know, of course, we know that artists grow up and they want to move on. But it is unfortunate that those guys didn't do better without Alice, I thought. Yeah, and I, you know, I've kind of felt that way, although they are, you know, they are doing it now. It's really been the past 11, 12 years, the original Alice Cooper band has been doing things, not touring, you know, like they did, not working on complete albums, but they've been on all his albums. Uh, Alice has told me they actually have an album's worth of material with the original band, whether they choose to release that or not. They did that live from AstroTurf reunion show that, that was released last fall on DVD and and CD. So, there, you know, there has been... They have been working together a lot more, really, since they got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And, well, you know, it was, it was one of those circumstances, you know, like like you say, a lot of bands break up for a lot of reasons. And this was, you grow you know, up. This was one of them. They grow up. They, you know, there was a bit of acrimony at a certain point. Always. Where they, yeah, and always. And they felt like the other guys felt like they had created this Alice Cooper. Basically, Alice Cooper was a band name. Right. That, but there was also a person too, and the person took over from the band identity, as if you didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and people start calling him Alice, and he right. changes his name legally to Alice, and not a bad move. Um, I, the uh, move to Detroit when the Saga Talk Pop Festival went so well for them in 69, and I think Alice said, uh, whoever gives us the first standing ovation, that's where we're moving. <laughs> and I don't know how serious he was about that, but they did. They moved to a, uh, an abandoned farm in Pontiac, and one of the funniest stories in the book was you pointed out that they, they had a crowd for their rehearsals, people that would, <laughs> would actually cheer them on and watch them. And who, were, who was that crowd, Gary? Well, the, the, barn, the barn was from a, a mental asylum. <laughs> that was next door. <laughs> and so those people would gather by the fence and they'd listen and react while the band was rehearsing and trying out new material in the barn. Oh my God. And when you think about it, when you think about the imagery of Alice Cooper yeah. and everything, how perfect was that? That's pretty cool. <laughs> it's a great story too. You know, endorsed, endorsed by the, you know, the, the residents of, of this asylum. Well, wow. this it was, per, it was perfect for what Alice Cooper was. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was, and it, it all seemed it all looks so logical. And I mean, it's what an incredible career, Alice Cooper. It's seventy five. We won't give you the whole book because you need to get the book. And by God, the pictures are just fantastic. And I'm usually not a picture person, but I really love going through this book and looking at the old posters, and passes, and warm ups, and concert shots. And Alice, what a life! Uh, Gary, congratulations on the book. This is really a big deal, and I, I hope it's selling well, and I hope you hope you get on the we, top we sellers hope people, list. We hope people love it to death, right? They will, <laughs> yes, to death. One thing I will, one thing I, I should mention before we go, on Friday, February 3rd, at the Michigan Theater in Ann Arbor, we're doing a screening of the super-duper Alice Cooper documentary along with a talk and a signing oh wow so there will be some other things we're setting up around town but uh that's that's the first definite one is february 3rd michigan is, theater so is alice you know, at that pardon is alice at the super duper alice cooper no, no. premiere no no, no this okay. is you know again, unauthorized. He, doesn't get, he doesn't get the money okay you get all <laughs> the money <laughs> right so. that's what i want to be clear on who gets all the money from that <laughs> thanks gary
All right. Thank you very much. See you, Gary. Great book. I love it. Talk again. Cool. We have to talk to him again. No bullshit. This is a great book. It's really, if you're an Alice Cooper fan, you're going to want it. You just are. I wanted um, to ask him about the Iggy Pop, but this was obviously Alice Cooper's interview. What about the Popster? Maybe I can help you, Trudy. Well, the new album with Iggy Pop, and so he's making the rounds and doing a lot of, you know, mem- reminiscing about. And I thought he was done by. making albums. Remember, he just said, "That's my last album." Like four years. No, ago. this one actually is a collaboration with a lot of different artists too, I which saw is that. typical yeah. of you know a lot of stars. Like Ozzy did that. I had the same vibe, Trudy. There were like three times I wanted to ask him a question. It was unrelated to Alice Cooper. And I thought, no, just stick yeah, with the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because something that slipped my mind, and I meant to mention when we were talking about Jeff Beck, was that the Stones were interested in Jeff Beck to replace, um, oh. what's his name, Taylor, um, was a guitarist, lead guitarist, Brian Taylor, when he left the band in 75. Ron Wood would get the job eventually, but there right. were every big name was considered and I never heard the name Jeff Beck before but wow that would have been interesting could he have been in that band though wouldn't it have I don't know. eclipsed I doubt... him and I don't yeah, think he I... was cool with that but... I think it would have been too much of a team operation for Jeff Beck to find right. his place yeah. he was too unique to be stuck in that kind of a form that's my yeah. guess but Ron Wood looked out pretty damn good Yeah. anyway uh, let's get uh, <laughs> White Boy Rick going Trudy's got a break for us and you want to dig up uh, White Boy Rick? For mm-hmm. us? Valentine's Day, which is the perfect opportunity to step up and buy whatever you're, whoever you're into, a man, woman, a gift card for things that you would like to improve at Dr. Roche's office. Uh, it's a great time for breasts, saline or silicone breasts are Dr. Roche's specialty, as you know. Also, non-invasive breast lifts with body tight, which um, can defy gravity, snap them right back up. Minimally invasive way to improve skin elasticity and underlying collagen. And also 360 lipo liposuction around your midriff. You love handles. Your belt line goes all the way around you. That's cool. And I did 44,000 sit-ups today. Yeah. Started out at 40. So You did not. There is no 40, Trudy. It only went up to 30 when I was there. My highest number, 40. 30, that's impossible. Then there's a new machine. No, this is (laughs) apples and oranges. Don't listen to Trudy. (laughs) You should, though, if you really want to if you get six treatments and it helps get that waist um, tighter. It does um, tighten it. It really does. Around your legs um, and your, your arms as well. They can strap those for some of those flappy, you know, those chicken I, wings. I definitely reduced that fat fucky feeling I had. No, Because I just, yeah. I felt fat fucky. I don't know how to yeah. describe it. Yeah. No, I'm fat, No, perfect. I felt like fat fuckula and I graduated <laughs> to fat, feeling fat fucky and I'm hoping to move on to just feeling you know, the right weight or yeah. a little overweight. You're right about the feeling, though, because you feel a little better, tighter, and, and then that translates into you working out a little more, and that's what I've done. I've lost like no, five I... pounds of my way to 10. So Really? Hopefully. Wow. Yeah. Well, I was at 132,000 sit-ups when I started to really notice the difference. The third treatment <laughs> was when, probably around 126, 127, yeah. the third treatment was, and I was really hustling through those sit-ups. Right. Uh, I got to 132, and I, I did feel a difference. Uh-huh. Um, call them at 248-338-1110 or go to drroche.com. And Lady Janes have the award-winning haircut experience, and also you can register uh, for a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to win a down payment on your dream home up to $200,000, seven days a week. Lady Janes, walk in anytime. It's wicked awesome. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah, sounds like white boy Rick is... Yeah. Hmm. Is he calling us? No, we're calling him. He's down in the, I believe, the back in the Bahamas. Oh, is he there with Sam? Yeah, boy. <laughs> yeah, his phone seems like it's turned off. SBF? What oh, was his name? Try and receive Sam Bankman-Fried. <laughs> um, our Do newest... Do contact for him? 
I do. Yeah. Do you want me to? Yeah. Try try somebody. I mean, we I mean, it is a cell minutes. phone number. If he's not gonna, if it's, it sounds like it's off, right, Brandon? Yes. Yeah. Do you want me to? Uh... Something tells me someone can get through to White okay. Boy Rick, but I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. Go what ahead. do you have in mind? Well, let's try I, Christina I just, Gennari. Let's see. I had can... this. I'll just admit it. I had this crazy feeling. Maybe he has more than one phone. Oh. Ah. <laughs> Wait, Rick, I mean, just saying. <laughs> He's a business man. <laughs> he is a businessman. Uh, Christina Gennari and her team at KW Domain are killing it in the real estate market. She's been working on it for 20 years. She knows her way around it. You wouldn't know it, though, because she's so incredibly youthful and beautiful, and she listens to the show. And so aggressive and vibrant. Love that part. So um, when it's time to move, you got to go with the obvious choice. Christina Gennari sold Christina.com, 248-550-4788. And have blueberries. Trudy, you're so healthy. You brought a bunch of blueberries with you. I know. That's part of the Dr. Roche. doing 44,000 sit-ups. She's getting in shape for Bobbitt. (laughs) (laughs) Look hot on my wedding night, John. (laughs) Are you going to elope? I just want um, Ron Jeremy to live long enough to marry the oh, two of us. Trudy, you could get us so much publicity if you eloped with Bob. Do it for the show. This will be, the one, the, show. This will be the one thing Trudy says no to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Scream no. All right. So White Boy Rick is... Unfortunately no. not. Did you not? You shoot in Miss Dial? <laughs> no, I didn't. And so... Uh, you you texted moment, him too, right? I did. Yeah. I texted him earlier oh, well. today. So Go buy tickets, people. Hey, um... Kind no, of the other do not th- buy tickets until he calls us. <laughs> Don't punish him. Hold the box office out, Steve. All right. Um, this journey battle is, that's going on, the what? other thing I wanted to ask. Wait, Journey Smollett or the band Journey? The band Journey. <laughs> I wanted to ask Graf about that because they're fighting back and forth because, you know, politically they're uh, polar opposites, Jonathan Cain and... Um, how embarrassing. What is Mr. Neil Sean? Yeah. <laughs> who's whose wife now speaks for the band? She's the spokes Yoko for the, the former band. Mrs. Michaela. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Miss Lahi. Um and, and she, they're they're having this battle Wait, over how is she the spokesman for the band? A journey just lost all credibility. I know. That what was the stupid reality show she was on? Oh, I can't remember. And the, well that's from when they crashed the state dinner. Yeah, they went to a state yeah. dinner, and they're actually announces. I'm sure you've heard. Were they in the Housewives of D.C.? I think they I think, were. Oh, yeah, that was it. it. Yeah. And he and turned she... out. He turned out to be a big liar. I, like, uh, isn't everybody on that show a big liar or a fraudster? How many Housewives yeah. people have ended up in prison? Well, I mean, there's, there's a number Jen of Shaw, them. There's the Jen Shah, and then there's Therese um, yeah, Judice G- or Judice, uh-huh. yeah, Guidis. Both of them, actually. Jodeci, yeah. Oh, and the one in L.A. with the the old <laughs> who married the hundred year old guy for his money. Oh, Erica Jane blew yeah. every <laughs> cent he had, and then he started ripping off people. These people are then, a mess. Which and is then why he pulled the John Jeremy right. in court. Yeah. All of a sudden, yeah. he goes to court. He, he's a brilliant lawyer one day, and the next day, when he's he's a Demyanyuker. He's John Nyamnyuk slash John Jeremy. John, Johnny D. Everybody's Johnny ripping D. off Johnny D. You want to do the Perry Mason slash Brady Bunch where he dropped the briefcase and still turns and he's aware <laughs> of his surroundings? Well, the latest thing is Greg Raleigh, who used to be in the band at the very beginning. They want to put him on the road because they're doing their 50th anniversary thing. And I couldn't give two fucks about Journey because I hate him. But um, that they were a lot, you know, I like him back then with Greg Raleigh. He was with Santana. And they're just like, no, we can't do it. Are you because- saying they're going to go their separate ways? <laughs> Was there a song, Trudy? Was there a demarcation point where you no longer like Journey? For example, 
you love them during Loving Touch. I did never loved. I never loved. Okay. <laughs> we won't go there. You didn't like the na 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 na. Oh, I bet you sang along to that, Trudy. I bet you did a radio gig where you had to have your listeners guess how many nas were in that song. God. Did I? No. Did you get emotional? It wasn't my idea. The lights. The lights go down in the city. Open arms, Trudy. Were you in a relationship during open arms? That had a big effect on you. Is, is lights is lights ruined for you in any way because of the show? Do you remember what we used it for once? I don't. Mike Clark singing along when the lights go down in Sif City. There was some city that had a syphilis oh, outbreak, and we were calling them, and he just kept singing along. No, so every, I do oh, not you don't remember that. that? No, City. I, that's all I hear when I hear that song. Now is Clark singing. The lights go down in Sif City. We should issue a Mike Clark music disc <laughs> because he did rainy days and Sundays or was it Monday there's a lot of audio it would be very hard to gather it up why don't you stay <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds me I gotta see if I can find it did you see the emailer that found his doppelganger again no I think Mike thank god he's not alive to see it <laughs> he be horrified at this one <laughs> but I gotta find it let me find the email it is it's pretty damn good, yeah. Why did so many people look like Mike Clark? Wasn't it incredible? <laughs> it was fucking I, I, incredible. I hope you guys are sitting down. Because is... I really, I, there were times I tried not to laugh because it was so fucking funny <laughs> that some grandma would have Mike's facial characteristics. It was or so weird. Glasses, the glasses, the glasses part of yeah. it. Yeah. Or some guy that was in a... There you go. Oh, it, should, boy. it should be on there. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> <laughs> wow! That looks like Mike in 10 years. Wait, it no, really it does. It looks like they photoshopped part of him. It does, yeah, because it's got that hat. The yeah, picture most specifically that the, the bottom last part picture. of the face. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And uh, the Brandon. Forearms are a little too strong, though. The guy's got big thrum forearms. Well, he used Mike to work not. out. Brandon sent it in. Two days a week. Yeah, remember he wanted his bi weekly workouts? Bi weekly. How ridiculous. <laughs> so Brandon sent the, t- the email and he said, either he's still alive or we have a doppelganger at Muldoon's in Rochester Hills. Beer of choice is even Olabat's Blue. Oh, so, wow. wow. I mean, that guy, he looks just like him. That's great. It made me smile. He does. He's got the same that. look on his face. Yeah. yeah, he's got the mustache. He's back over the ball, puts a good stroke on it, and can you believe it? It's in. It's in. Mike W. drinking Labatt's ice sinks it. <laughs> We'll put it on the bottom of the notes so everybody can go to the website and look at it. All right. Well, I was uh, I was pretty much kidding about White Boy Rick. I'm kind of pissed because moving things around for me. Call in. <laughs> we'll be fine. Uh, the Andiano's, Andiamo's Celebrity Showroom tickets were really moving today. I mean, really. Like, they sold 500 tickets. I was like, wait, they, have, they can see 500 people? They can see 800 people in that showroom, I guess, when they have a big show. So there are tickets available, but they're selling fast. I was telling Charlie, you might have a second date here if they're really going that fast. Wow. And could you check the chart, by the way? See yeah. if it's, yep. uh, mm-hmm. cause there wasn't a whole lot of blue there. It was, I mean, I would show that chart to Janet Jackson. <laughs> Can you imagine uh, yeah, Janet Jackson's reaction if she saw that chart we saw yesterday? Oh, she'd be livid. Oh. She'd be so confused. She would fake an injury just to cancel the show. I think she'd be mad at Justin Timberlake. Isn't Make Timberlake apologize. Again. Isn't Timberlake, isn't it his fault for everything? Everything is, yeah, yeah. That is one of the worst narratives I've no, ever seen in my life. There like, you go. fans go, I love Janet Jackson. I follow her every move, but Justin Timberlake ripped her shirt off, so I don't like her anymore. Yeah, even As though it was fans planned. do that. Yeah. 
No, it was ridiculous. Okay, that's the Andiama Sharma. Okay, so there's there's some seats left. Yeah. Didn't, I mean, didn't her... Just a few, but yeah. Didn't her family really screw her up by... Didn't They annulled her marriage. That and family, there's were, nothing wrong with that family. They were a wonderful, supportive family. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Look at Joe. When Bob, a great, great patriarch of that family. Can you believe Bobbitt crossed paths with LaToya? Yeah, totally that believe it. so ridiculous. Totally believe it. Because, wait, his girlfriend's dad was Jack Gordon's son. Yes, yeah, Now, Jack Gordon yeah. was LaToya's manager who beat her, famously beat her, and was like the worst person possibly in the world at Married to her, too, right? Yeah. No, he was a horrible yeah. guy. And Bob ends up dating his porn star, uh, well, client of his son. Yeah. Which sounds so scummy already. It's his, It's Jack Gordon, the worst manager ever. His son, who's also manager, and then a porn star, <laughs> and then a porn star client. <laughs> Which I wonder. I wonder who stole that girlfriend from John. Oh, Charlie Sheen stole. It's like oh, there were like three well, people. How did he do that? Well, I kind of forgot about her for a few months, and uh, you know, he's just swooped. In. He lives in the moment. Her. He's she's in not, the moment. She's not your girlfriend if you forgot about her. He wasn't at that moment. Anyway, uh, the date is Saturday, March the 18th for White Boy Rick with Charlie LaDuff. The real story. And I think there's going to be some video at that show and then yeah. some Q&A. And yeah. Charlie's going to ask him some, some que- a lot of he's questions. He's got some him. really good questions because he's already met with Rick, too. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a million Brandon, questions yeah. to ask Rick. Yeah, but one, yeah, I think it's, it's going to be good. March 18th and uh, tickets are on sale and continue to be on sale. And then I got a, uh, an email from somebody who this was is just somebody? Yeah, this is just somebody. And they were just saying that you had beefs. You just forgot about a lot of your beefs. And they mentioned Cecil Fielder. Um, that was a good beef. Although none of our beefs really continued. Like what I was talking about is a lot of these podcasts now have beefs and they literally take over the show for, you know, two months or oh, three months. Oh, they capitalize on yeah, the they beef. Really, yeah, they really keep those beefs going. And it's funny because people really do get pissed and it's... Kind of entertaining, but we weren't very good at that. But anyway, we did have our beefs. The FCC, of course, that was a long-running beef. Oh, it was more than a beef, but it wasn't fair because you couldn't really fight back with the FCC. Terry a- Lawson was a beef. That was a great beef. Oh, oh, stellar beef. I got to. Oh man, I heard a fantastic story about him that makes me feel better about our beef with him. He's still mad at us. No, just I think I predict he is. Is that the writer from the Freep? Yeah, yes. the movie reviewer. Um Yeah, you know, when Mike Clark was laughing uproariously and talking too loud during auto the Bob Crane movie. <laughs> yeah. No, it was one of those things where I don't know if he's terribly well liked. Oh, T. Lawson? Yeah. I don't want I, I don't want to share the story. But just know you were on the right side of that beef. I hope so. You I, got, I felt we were. Rob Schneider is Rob on that Schneider, list. Rob Schneider, yeah. He's oh, on the list. Yeah. And that was That's a, beef. a huge beef. That was monster beef. He tried to get you fired. He won. He did. He did win. That's right. He eventually did get us fired. <laughs> um, I mean, seven years later. The but. classic is everybody, like, literally hiding in the building because, like, I don't want to be near the phone when Rob Schneider calls because he was, like, yelling at secretaries and yeah. people answering the phone yeah. and people who just would pick up. they go, oh, I'll send it to, and send it to somebody. And they go, hello. I'm sure I go, yeah, I should put my mother in the hospital. I mean, he was nuts. He's calling the home office Boston. for greater media. And they they sent like, flowers. Yeah, they were like, what the fuck is going on? The most they insincere, flowers. Really insincere flowers. flowers so somehow Walters was anointed to call him back. I don't know why. I think Mike actually Because I, I was out of the office that day right <laughs> after the show. I remember it well. 
Well, it took it. I think it took a little while to call too. Like, oh my god, what's, yeah. what do I do if he Fuck does? Yeah. It's like whatever. So he calls in uh, Rob Schneider's first words: "You are so fired. Right. You are so fired." Wow. And now he's. You know what's amazing though is that he remembers it and he intentionally says he will not be on our show when he has a chance to come to the area and do stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We've now, reached we, out. We yeah. just talked about him in necessary roughness yesterday. Yep. <laughs> Um, <laughs> he had that stand-up in the baseball stadium in Lansing, and Ooh, got, it got canceled because he wouldn't talk to us. He's hurting himself exactly. because he won't talk to us. Uh, Dave Navarro was oh, a... Was we a, won that one. That was a crazy beef. That was so weird. That was one of the most bizarre things I can ever recall, and it was really <laughs> Troy intense. Troy stood up for us, though. Because, well... Which what, he should what did he, yeah. what, It was ridiculous. Dave Navarro calls in to promote his book. Mm-hmm. And so I'm quoting and asking him questions about stuff in the book. And he just lost it. Like, well, are you just going to repeat stuff in my book? <laughs> like the most salacious things in the book? Yeah. yeah that's that's what I works. thought you are promoting the book. Mm-hmm. And then he thought better of it after he hung up on us. And then he called Troy and left a long voicemail about, yeah, I just kind of didn't really get what I was doing. And I'm sorry. And <laughs> is did he, he say I'm sorry? I'm not sure he said I'm sorry. Is he like permanently troubled it yeah. seems like yes. he's constantly his mother, his mother was murdered there's a great documentary uh any murder consultant would want to watch it um it's about the murder of his mother and how they eventually got this guy he wasn't on um porno for pyros or the jane's addiction tour was he i mean you mean recently um, Lollapalooza, yeah that where they performed I don't no no, no he, he was not he on there perform because of something well we watched that anyway i didn't remember seeing him on stage no. he he looks he had to be. He nice. looks like weird, threatening weird. Like, it's like too weird. Like, I don't want to go in Dave Navarro's house ever. If somebody says, hey, you want to come over to Dave Navarro's house? The answer is no, I don't. <laughs> I bet you there's a lot freaks of me out. gothic artwork in that house. Oh, yeah. No, I just know it's totally goth. And it's totally weird. And I don't want to know more about it. I feel, I picture him like explaining all the cool stuff in his house and me yeah. just dream weavering like yeah. mad. Yeah. <laughs> about a skull or something. <laughs> yeah. There's a um, Martha Reeves and and I had oh, that a beef. Was a, oh, that's that was right. an early beef. Really early down. beef, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't even understand right. that I was I was causing a beef either at it, first. It, at first. There was a quote Martha said somebody Where is the beef? Oh, sister's being catty. <laughs> something like that, <laughs> but it wasn't like catty. That. Yeah. Uh, oh, was good. Lippy. Yeah, Trudy, you just referenced the fact that Marvin Gaye wrote. Um, no, that she wanted to know. She comes out of the studio. Um, she was she was recording something that they were going to send to NBC. She comes out and she goes, "Do you listen to my music?" And I was like, "Well, we listened to the Rolling Stones version of Dancing in the Street." And she was oh, like, "Oh, she said, do you huh! play?" She said, "Do you play, play my, my music, music. Yeah. on WRF?" Which is a dumb question. I know. Like, Thanks for knowing the product. <laughs> and I was just like, "Well, yeah, no." And and then she did a and then whirled on her heels and. <laughs> Stormed off. And then we had a chance to interview her, and I brought it up. Right. And she remembered it. She absolutely remembered it. And I think you said something, and she, she gave a snarky response. She did say that I was trying to be catty, and I was not. You were, you were on her mom. list. <laughs> I, think you, I think you won that beef, though, Trudy. She, she became a city council person, too, and so yeah. it was hard to not enjoy that. I forgot that Tiger debacle. Stadium was torn down. Remember she asked it? Yeah. Like, when are they going to tear down Tiger Stadium? It's really incredible, did. isn't it? A year ago, lady. Sat at slot machines all day long. Oh, of- <laughs> that's right. <clears throat> oh, yeah. And she had, remember she had police driving her everywhere? Yeah. yeah. 
the Pistons games and stuff. Hey, some Motown artist. See, I don't think she wrote any of these songs. Oh, no, no one else. I think she Marvin was, Gaye wrote. Just like answering the phone, wasn't she? And they pulled her in to like sing on some of this stuff. But you, know, you know what your tragic mistake was, which led to a great beef, so I'm not upset about it, but... <laughs> When she said, y'all play my music? I, see, I would argue, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, we I, play I Dancing in the Streets. And Trudy just had to be honest. It's say, too honest. No, we don't. We <laughs> do play the Rolling Stones version, which is great. And, you know, you don't fit our format. It's not too the, old. Yeah, is that the format? It's nothing personal. I, I know. I, I know. I can't think on my feet. I really can't. <laughs> too, you're just to too lie. Honest. Yeah. yeah. You had to go to I, Whopper school. I witnessed it. I actually witnessed it. And I think I was about to answer. And then you said... <laughs> Well, no, sorry, Martha. We do play the Rolling Stones version. Like, that was going to mollify her. Like, oh, you play the Stones version of my song that I didn't write? That's great. Yeah, I'm sure I'm looking at it right now. It looks like Holland Dozier Holland wrote almost Ow. all her music, Ow. except for Dancing, with, Dancing in the Street. Not to take anything away from her. She, she her interpretation was fabulous. Yeah. Um, Jonah Falcon was another beef because what? we called him every time someone claimed to have a bigger it's penis. A beef. That's setting the record Yeah, straight. but there was a time where he would get angry with us. And he he would answer in the phone like, what? <laughs> Gary Coleman, speaking of people, answered the phone saying, what? <laughs> what the hell do you want? And Gary Coleman, that was... that. the hell was, do you want? That beef was never finished. Man, um, that, that was a... That, that was, was ugly. Bad beef. I got a quick little 50-second clip of that. He was working at a dealership, which what we found out... What the hell do you want? Gary, why are you hanging up on us? Because you are in Detroit. I can't sell you a car. And besides that, you're bothering me on my job. I'm with a customer. This is my job. This is what I like. This oh, the is drops what I are do. so good on Don't this. Don't ask me no questions. Don't call here no more. And I mean that. Go if you want some trouble, call here again. I don't. What do you mean? If I, what the? What are you doing? Me little Gary Coleman's threatening bastard. us. Brett and Tyke, he's like 40. Like <laughs> what is he going to do, beat me up? Yeah. He was selling cars, and Gary had had, I remember, I barely remember this. He was working at a choo-choo train yes. toy store at one time, yes. and we found out that the phone, which I think he had listed, was a pay phone. Oh. It was a pay phone that was in the room, and he used it as the company phone, as like the stores, as if it was the phone store. He would just answer going, Gary's Trains, or something. And then his next job was working at selling what, satellites? Not satellites. What he was a security guard for a while. Yeah, but what were the cars that he sold? Saturns. Saturn. He sold Saturns. Right. Oh, yeah. Saturn's yeah, so, failed line. What the hell do you want? That was in the tablets. Okay. Gary Coleman selling Saturns. So we called him just out of the blue, like, oh my God, there's a dealership. We just called and he answered, you know, Gary Coleman, please. Uh, well, what's it about? What the uh, hell do you want? I'm, tr I'm looking at a Saturn. Oh, okay. And they rang us through. So we talked to him. He hung up on us. And that was us calling him back. Like, what, Gary? What is this? Wait, when did you offer to fax him $10? For something, do you remember offering to fax him? Yeah, it's like, hey, you aren't paying me, and you're like, I'll, I'll uh, pay ten bucks. <laughs> you gotta do I don't it. remember what that it. was. I might have the order mixed up, but that was a that was definitely a beef. <laughs> Ridiculous idea. Um, Ted Nugent was a beef too, because yeah. Ted was ripping Riff, claiming Riff wouldn't promote his New Year's Eve bash at the his Whiplash bash. He was on doing the morning show on Z Rock. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got the most you. ridiculous. Manufactured beef, well, and so and, then, and you pulled one of those amazing moves of all time. 
Oh, he, yeah, potting him way down when he was on the Or no, we talked no, to him You off talked to him air. when you were in a break, and he was live on the air. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so Riff never heard it. The Riff audience. And I had a lot of history that I knew about, too. Stuff Riff had done for him. Mm-hmm. That, uh, yeah. And he acknowledged it, and he was like, Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> as long as you mention Whiplash Bash, Whiplash Bash, Whiplash Bash. <laughs> Not knowing it was none of you. Now it's healed. That's a, um, that's a beef that got healed. That is, yeah. no, absolutely. Then there was the Kwame beef, which was, that was a long-running beef. They didn't participate too much, but they did actually call and bitch about a few things that happened. Oh, on the what? Um, one of them was, we were debating whether he was at the funeral for Proof, Eminem's guy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who shot someone. Damn And then that. got shot and got did killed. He, did he claim he was? No, there was a rumor that he was at the funeral. Oh. And I think we were just talking about it. And there were a couple Hell of things yeah. that, that his guy claimed that we had wrong or something. I don't know. Oh. We called him that one time. He was great. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he hung up on us. <laughs> That's right. He I was forgot working. what he said, though. He was he at Carmano's, wasn't he? He had some bullshit excuse. I don't know what happened there. That's, a, that's, that's part of it. That's part of that call. He was at, he was at Carmano's health care company. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right, yeah. Which, what a Man, what would he do job. without Carmano's? <laughs> what is that? And those guys all loaned him 60 grand? I mean, you know, I have a lot of loaned? stuff that I'm sort of... Loaned? Mixed. Yeah, loaned. They gave it Allegedly to him. Allegedly loaned gave that to him. him. And the idea that four giant business people would loan a mayor who's leaving after he mismanaged an entire city and stole a lot of money, and they go, here's an extra 240 grand. Can you get out of here? Yep. You don't know the mayor. Of course, he never paid them back. And Maddie Maroon threw in another 50 on top of that. Yep. Which was not a loan. Maddie Maroon said, no, I want to give Weird. him. And I think he even said, I wanted to give him 15000 for each child's college and oh, another five grand. Nice. Of course, um, a forensic accountant uh, would reveal that, no, that money did not go to this oh, kid's no. college. Oh, really? Oh, no way! Maddie Maroon, if you're out there, I would love a pole barn. You can full finance that for me. And then Kilpatrick, um, well, Carmanos helped him get out of prison. Oh. In a very, very big Absolutely. way. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, when his kids were selling T-shirts to raise money for his defense. Oh, yeah. Big-headed boys. Yeah, mad at you. What was that T-shirt? What did the T-shirt say? You even remember? Uh, I don't know what's happening there. I don't. I, yeah, I don't remember the shirt. It's T-shirt time. <laughs> I, I can't remember. Exactly. Wasn't it a free Kwame? It's something along. Yeah, I think yeah. it was free Kwame. Yeah. And I and I wrote underneath. I just I didn't. I don't think I even tweeted at him, but I said something <laughs> like. Uh, Something about all the crimes he'd committed. Mm-hmm. And he actually responded to me. His kid yeah. did. Whoa. Really? Yeah, what are you talking <laughs> And I, I've wondered many times since he's been out, what do you suppose is going on with his big-headed boys and him? Do you think they still oh, yeah. believe him? Well, yeah. Because I don't think Carlita does. No, I don't think Carlita does at I all. I don't whore around on my wife. Um... I don't know. He probably, you know, he tells them that the story of he was, it was all because he cheated on mom and, you know, I feel bad. I che- I'm coming back and, you know, all that. Paid my time. Yeah. I've learned my lesson. And I blah, just blah, have blah. to believe at some point they will <laughs> see through all this It's their bullshit. dad, though, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fight song turd was also an unresolved <laughs> beef. <laughs> Great beef. <laughs> that wasn't a beef. It is a beef. It, it's yes. kind of a beef, yeah. We've tried to get him back on that's hundreds one, I was of times. Say, that's when we lost. Not only, yeah, exactly. He he went completely away. He never shows up on any other shows. This talent. Oh, he's is, done. We traumatized him. 
He was trampled. Him? He was trampled by the show. Techman, Mark Techman. That was great. I wish he was we... great. No, Man, I, I, have I have back. many regrets. That's in the my listeners' life. fault for calling him a dork and a nerd. And yeah, the listeners piled on. I started I calling him fights on turd, yeah. but I admitted it. I said, I said it's a term of affection, <laughs> and I could tell he didn't really like it. And then people were calling in, asking him to sing songs, and they were just piling. On. Like, oh my God, are you a nerd? Anyway, Techman, yeah, could you do? More <laughs> And he would not answer our call. No. He wouldn't. There was no way to apologize nope. to him. He's underground. <laughs> he ghosted us. What I think about, there were profuse apologies made. What about the guy who used to answer music? Who's that guy? Oh, oh yeah. That's not a beef. No beef there. We love him. He's yeah. great. What? Yeah, his studio, he would answer the phone, music. And when he was in his home uh, landline, he would answer the phone, hello. Hello. <laughs> oh. We answered so, studio for a while. There was a, quite a Q&A about that whole process, and I came up with it, and... <laughs> And then he accidentally in the studio answered hello once, which I really <laughs> took him to task for. Him. I think we called him back. I think we hung up and called him back so he could answer appropriately, if I'm not mistaken. And that's another guy I really want to connect that's with. That's a forever love guy. Yeah. And now that Ben and Jen are back together. Oh, my exactly. God. It's that time should again. should taken off. Yeah. The Boner Line, 209-66-Boner, they also wanted to remind you of a couple beefs. They, they want you to know that Maz and Bentley briefly had a beef together recently. I but that. Uh, they did? Yeah, it was over some silly shit. Trudy in her house, is uh, that's a beef. <laughs> in her house. Uh, Thomas Fiorini was a beef for a moment. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that was a beef, definitely. And then uh, somebody said, uh, was it is it Jim Harper had a beef with Mark and Walters over stealing guests? Oh, was it? No, 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 no that was Spike. No. no, yeah. Spike at 1051. Yeah, that's right. Very upset. Wait, that, wait, was, was, that was over. Wait, it was Robin. Wait, was over, wasn't it? Bert. Well, that would have been. I was going to say it was over Davy Jones or somebody. That would have been CSX then. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah. a different beef. Somebody just somebody might have. <laughs> yeah. Somebody yeah. might have said Spike wants to. Yeah. He wanted <laughs> yeah. to fight him. Somebody, Who? Just somebody. Why? Oh, Spike wanted to fight somebody. Uh, you know, somebody wanted to fight the person who was stealing Robin from them. Oh, really? Wow, I didn't know it got that. A, here's a hint. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh man, I want to see that fight. I did not know it got that aggressive. Very fun fight. <laughs> but you know, it was boasted to me. I, I, I think. Well, there's one over. Kurt, was it Curtis Granderson too when he came in there? That was a big. That was a big. Well, issue. it was really silly because you know we had like a 99 share and they had a point six. I know. So <laughs> it really was not a fair fight. I mean, I almost felt bad. Like, well, if they're on that station, then nobody's gonna hear it anyway, so nobody will know. So <laughs> we can have them on after. <laughs> make any difference but because i know i remember trying finish. to get people when we first got here and csx and wheels were beating us and that we couldn't get anybody on and if we and a lot of times they would say you can come on csx but you can't go on riff i mean there were people that were doing that to us because yep. we were new and they're just trying to screw with us we never did we never did that to anyone I don't think we did. I don't no, think we did. Absolutely. I, don't, I really don't think we did. Just wanted them first. And then somebody else mentioned uh, it's technically a beef with the 4,000 call-outs arguments that you've had over the years, including stuff like... Stay on the line. Just sitting on. Okay, good. Yeah, okay, I got a trace on it. So that's just like a random... <laughs> a beef has to have longevity. Right, though. right. <laughs> What's that guy? Was a I, trace. Yeah, we were so scared. Well, Danny Ainge, that would be a beef. because we got oh, yeah. That was a huge beef. <laughs> that one scared me. God, what happened to that... Did, have we called? We've called that number back, haven't we? Yeah, he doesn't answer anymore. So we won that beef. No, try it again. Are you okay, Danny? No, I can don't you star want... six seven? No, I don't. Yeah, want... I'll try that right now. What's uh? How can? Why would we have to call Danny Age? I'm just trying to think of a good reason. Um, 
Let's see this. What's going on? The Celt- uh, Celtics? Something about the... The coach. Know. Yeah, the coach being fired. <laughs> that was so, so long ago. What happened to the coach, by the way? We're doing a story on baseball players that also played basketball. Danny Ainge is a genius. <laughs> Wasn't Danny Ainge here for a little while? He wasn't. Negative. No, he didn't. No. He coached. Where did he coach? We're doing a segment on white Celtics. basketball players. Okay. Danny Ainge. What, but the coach that they suspended for a year was yeah. going to get hired somewhere else. That didn't happen. So is he technically still suspended by the Celtics I for banging so. a white chick that really wanted to be with him? Because of power imbalance. So to me, that's either rape or it's not rape. She either wanted it or she was raped. No. Hi, this is Fred. Leave a message. Fred, somebody. At the tone, please Must record your assistant. When you finish recording, you may hang up or press 1 for more options. To leave a callback number, no. press 5. Hey, Fred, uh, you're probably the front man for Danny. Uh, we're trying to reach Danny Ainge uh, about a little thing we're working on here. And um, I knew he had an assistant. I just wasn't sure who it was. Anyway, if you want to give us a try back, we're trying to set something up. Thank you. When all the others said that we can't <laughs> And that all started Because Mark was going through his Rolodex And we were just randomly calling numbers A for Ainge And so it was pretty early on And when we connected with him God, did he lay into me and, and Mark over I wish we would have recorded He's it was very mean <laughs> Yeah, he was very upset There have been a, quite a few of those I mean, those aren't technically beefs but man, these some of these beefs with these shows, they go on forever. Well, Stern used to do that. Yeah. I mean, Stern and OPNA and Stern and Man Cow. By the way, I listened to at one point, you know, when everything started showing up online, mm-hmm. eventually you could hear everything. And I think it was online, maybe it still is. It's when Stern and Man Cow actually got on the phone with each other. Oh my God. And it is so bad. It's just horrible. They're both talking over each other. Oh. Stern is just saying, you want my balls in your mouth. You want my balls in your mouth. You want my balls in your mouth. Clever. Nonstop. Clever. And Mankow's just yelling back at him at like one-third the volume. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, because they, they're going to win with their audience. Wow. Where is Ma- what is Mankow doing he, right now? He, um, he podcasts. Cause I remember Carl reviewed his show. I remember that, but I, is he still podcasting? I imagine so. He's, he's a big name in radio. So it's... I don't know. Bobbitt wants to know, too. <laughs> Last uh, His Wikipedia oh, Bob, page Bob says... Bobbitt remembered the whole name of the show, Man Cow's Morning Madhouse. He brought a prostitute <laughs> to his dad's house. <laughs> <laughs> the stories that belongs on the list of ridiculous John Bobbitt things. He showed his penis to people on an airplane. <laughs> he showed his penis to people at anger management. He got kicked out. That's right. And he did not know that she was a hooker, right? And then they walked into Man Cow's house and she got nude. Yeah. His dad was not cool with it. <laughs> but John blames Man Cow partially because he didn't know his dad was there. That's right, yes. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, and then the dad stole Charlie her. Sheen stole his girlfriend. So Man Cow does a podcast every uh, Monday. Okay. Where, where, which is that Billy Corgan on his podcast? No, it's William Patrick Corgan. <laughs> yeah, they're tight. They're really good right. friends. I'm not joking. I'm not no. making. Well, let's go see who's going so. on with well, that this facial is from, hair. This is his old podcast, the Man Cow Podcast, because this ended in October of 2020. Oh. It seems like this one. Yeah. I mean, here's let me let me pull up his YouTube. Here. Yeah, Mark's got the real one because he does it live on you on the YouTube. I'm curious, does he actually get good guess? I am the worst networker in the history of the world. <laughs> Because these guys we'll do, do it they, live. They get a lot of those people on that would matter. I gotta tell you. I'll we'll do it live. Fuck it. Okay, the last Dave week. Davies, the Kinks. Holy shit. Oh, yeah, there Jesus. You go. 
Uh, DMC, I don't know who that is. Roger Clinton. Daryl McDaniels. Is, is that him? By the way, he has Daryl McDaniels yeah. on, which I don't know if you remember this. We interviewed Daryl McDaniels and never ran it because it was such a bad interview back at 105.1. I don't remember who he is. is he from Run DMC. Oh, okay, yeah, when the, after the murder. Wait, he had Roger Clinton on. We like, had Roger Clinton on before him. Roger Clinton. It looks like George Santos. Got kind of he a, does a little bit. Like his voice does not look like it comes out of that face. Kevin Randall, Timothy Elburn. I don't even know. I don't know who that is. Special guest Gene Ives. Oh man. Oh wow. I don't I mean, even know who the hell you are. Could be Chicago stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I, when uh, Carl went through the podcast, it was really not. Didn't seem to be the best content. <laughs> Which Carl usually will focus on the best content. So I'm. Um, Pretty certain that's a fair <laughs> overview of the show. <laughs> oh, well. Literally with Rob Lowe was being uh, discussed. Oh, he was on Kimmel last night and he was hyping his show and his fireman show. He that promotes his podcast so much. And it is so bad. And it does really well because he's Rob Lowe because and he Rob promotes Lowe. it on national TV. He's trying and to get Bruce Springsteen now. He'll get him. He probably will. Uh, And honestly, I was half joking, but after I said it, I realized, no, I really wasn't completely joking when I said, (laughs) I think other people will know how, um, well, naturally, you can't help but be jealous of somebody who takes your job and starts getting the best guess and gets millions of downloads and, and, or people that are just offered a giant sum of money for, hey, why don't you do a show? You know, like Emrata. Or something like that, or Demi Lovato, and and uh, the only way I could explain how it felt was, you know, imagine if you had a career in um, architecture, and suddenly Kim Kardashian says, "I'm an architect, <laughs> yeah, and I'm doing jobs now, and um, you know, here's here's one of my latest jobs, which actually Brad Pitt did, yeah, Brad Pitt said, I'm an architect, New Orleans, so I'm a- and then he yeah, turned out very well. Yeah, but he had architect books on his coffee table. So that's right. Jennifer Aniston saw him reading them too. <laughs> she did. That's, that's some pretty thin verification. <laughs> no, it was absurd. But I mean, actually, I'm sure it does happen because you know, look at all the people. I have a tequila. Can you imagine all the people who study and 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 make tequila? And you don't know every little deal. And all of a sudden, Kendall's in. Ah, tequila 818! Hey, Ryan Reynolds has a gin. Well, not only that, but all those dipshits jumping into the market have like raped the fields where they produce <laughs> yes, that shit. Totally. So now they can't make decent tequila because they just, of, they just throw their name on it. Right. Well, yeah, but that's. It's, but we never there's anticipated. an increase in the use of what is it that's made on? I forget. We never agave. anticipated these people agave. throwing their name on. Everything. Anything well, it used to be everything. Gauche. Now it's you know now it's an arms race. Yeah. Now there's no there's no shame I, in it I, whatsoever. I thought I read that Ryan. You know Ryan Reynolds has a cellular phone company. I think he's like the big shareholder I've of Mint Mobile. Yeah. He's selling it. He's, yeah. he's making a killing on that. Wow. He's like a billionaire now somehow. Well, if you invest in something that involves people that know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah, that's one thing. Well, I will but, say he seems to be more involved than just slapping his name on, but who knows? But when you listen to you know Emrata, who knows nothing about her guest, and, and finds out on the show, <laughs> you know it's literally like, let's get to know so and so because I'm a blank slate and you're a blank slate. 
But actually, if someone is interested in your guest, they already know those things, and so that's ground. It's sort of been covered. But well, it know. made Larry King's career. She makes money off it, so <laughs> yeah. that's true. He There's a growing off. pains movie. <laughs> Honestly, Larry King was the first person I've ever heard who said that the key to what they did was not Not preparing. (laughs) It was so great. It was so the opposite of reading about Barbara Walters when she died because they said she would spend weeks whittling questions down from 100 to 50 to 25. And then she said, which I I totally respected, Mm. she said, and then somebody bring the Chinese lunch and I'd say, hey, if you could ask so-and-so one question, what would you ask them? Because that's way to a lot do of time it. what people miss is the obvious. And so it's, I mean, it's smart to talk to yeah, just but La- anybody. But Larry had to do a show every day. So, you know, he had a time manage. He didn't have time to prep. It's a fucking hour. <laughs> Last time I one checked, a- it was my show. One hour. And Larry, you know, who is always nice to everyone. Remember when he piled on us because we were ragging about Bob Packwood? We had his phone number. <laughs> we called Larry directly. We have yeah. beef with Larry? We had a beef with Larry King. We did. Oh, and Andy Rooney. That's true, yeah. <laughs> Larry answered the phone, which was weird, and um, and we were just being nice, and they said, yeah, you had Bob Packwood on. You kind of let him off the hook, and he just piled into us. Really? What the hell are you talking about? We covered, we, we covered that. Because Bob Packwood had been accused of a number oh, of yeah. things like just making out with people for no reason yeah. and even putting mirrors on his shoes so he could upskirt people. God. <laughs> well, yeah, a million ridiculous, crazy accusations. He was, he was, a, he was a crazed sexual assaulter. Didn't he was he, crazed. Wasn't his big move also he would step on people's shoes so they couldn't get away from yeah. him? Yeah, and then jam their t- his tongue down their throats. And so Larry's like, uh, claims that you're sticking your... Th- Tongue down people's throats. Uh, what do you have to say? Uh, it never happened. Okay, on to welfare. <laughs> well, that, was like, that was how it happened on the Larry King show. So I was ragging him about that, and he fucking blew his stack. It was like every person he's ever been mad at in his career that he just held back. He just blew into me. <laughs> Packwood's still it's a badge alive. of honor. Yeah, he's 90. It, man, yeah. Oh, if anybody should... Well, no, I can't say that. Hey, Brandon, should, should was, is that you on here? Yes, sir. Can you go back... And scroll up. I just saw the words, Hunter Biden scurrying. Like, what is Hunter Biden scurrying for? He is scurrying to the home of Sugar, Sugar Brother, Brother lawyer Kevin Morris, who bailed him out of a $2.8 million debt as federal tax and gun charges loom. That's nothing, though. I mean, that's that would be an ideal world if he if they settled and did that. But um, the reason I have is because you said that, oh, my God. You know, it's so funny watching the point-counterpoint to the Republicans and Democrats now with as far as classified documents. Because the new thing is Biden, I don't think it's just Biden, but people are saying, uh, you're outrageous fake. <laughs> because they weren't outraged when Trump had classified documents. Oh, But right. that means his outrage was fake, too. Of course. Yeah. He's not outraged now, but he was outraged before. Because I couldn't imagine how that could ever happen. But anyway... Um, Brandon pointed out that, which is really funny, because I have not been reading all the in-the-weed stuff, you know, where people go, you did, you did that, you did this, which is just so toxic. Exhausting. Yeah. But Brandon apparently is in the weeds a little bit. Yeah. And Brandon <laughs> yesterday mentioned that Hunter Biden lived, his address on his driver's license, which I don't know who found this out, was the house that the classified documents were in. So, of course... You know, today I actually bid on it a little bit, and I clicked on a couple things, and it's like, uh, he was dealing with China and Russia, and he could have taken classified documents from and given it to them. He's like, well, 
I suppose it's possible. I mean, people always love doing that. Speculation. So anyway, in the course of reading this, all this stuff, um, in the story, and I don't know if this is true. Brandon, maybe you can help me. It's said that in July of, I don't know what year it was, whatever year he lived at the house with the classified documents because they were there, I mean, for six years or whatever, he paid his father $49,000 in rent. Right. I saw that, yeah. Is that true? I don't know. I have no idea because then that opened up this can of worms of speculation that this is how he's funneling money to the big guy. Well, by paying his dad fifty grand a month to live at this house, we're could, classified documents. He could just give money to his dad. <laughs> Does he need to funnel it through? Well, he rent? complained to his kids about having to give money to his dad. Yeah, which is like what? And then his dad paid all his bills at one point. His dad paid off all his debts. His dad paid off uh, his brother's debt. Remember, his brother owed all that money for the floor at Biden. Or when Biden was telling that guy to floor it. Yeah. Remember when Biden's brother rented the. Jaguar or whatever to impress that chick and then he had the other guy driving he's like oh floor man this thing can fly and the guy ended up killing someone Biden! Oh, I didn't remember that story so, yeah, wow. Biden's brother just like bolted oh well? just disappeared no by Joe Biden's brother oh Joe Joe Biden's brother yeah, yeah Joe yeah, Biden's yeah. brother and as of was it corn pop they killed <laughs> no it was not corn pop as of 2016 he still owed this huge judgment oh. that this family had won, and he's on TV promoting a law firm and doing all this stuff in Florida, living in this mansion. Oh, oh, he's got oh, another right, mansion. Right, right, right. So anyway, people were like, oh, when's you going to pay that judgment? So uh, supposedly Joe Biden paid it off. Huh? It was a lot of money, too. Corn Pop was a bad dude. But <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I've never heard of anyone paying their parents $50,000 to rent a house. That's pretty weird. Right. I mean, I don't think it was market but naturally, you know, this is just opening a whole new can of worms. It comes from a background check he had when he was renting that really ritzy place in California. <clears throat> so, you know, they did this background check, so that's why he claimed oh. he paid it. I mean, he might not have just paid it. He might have just said, oh, yeah, I paid $49,910. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he could be lying, could be lying to cover up because, money. Yeah. With him, anything is yeah. possible. Uh -huh. And a lot of, honestly, a few of his problems, I was going to say a lot, but just a few of his problems have <laughs> resulted from um, telling the baby mama that he has no money because he didn't want to pay child support yeah, for the kid. That's right. So he said, I don't have any money. And then they said, okay, well, you're going to have to come to court. And then he said, okay, I'll settle for $2 million. <laughs> And some child support. And then he's trying to reduce the child support. So this forces another glimpse into his financial world, which is very complicated. And I don't know um, if he ever got the child support reduced. But to be fighting, I, how can you stop someone from taking a name? I've never heard of anyone I know. I doing want more that. people to change the name Biden just to make him angry. Well, I think I could go into court and change my name to Biden right now. You could. Nobody could do you anything about could. it. could. Yeah, no, it's ludicrous. But not his actual daughter. But his, this is his daughter, the it DNA, just, which just, he denied. He said, no, it's not my daughter. I never had sex with that woman. I don't know, even know who she is. It just seems like it's one of those things to fuck with her or to apply pressure. No, he's saying for that what? this he is for her benefit so she doesn't get harassed. That's yeah, what right. he's saying. Yeah, right. Yeah, he cares you so much about the, the father. No, he just cares He cares that so he much about his child, who he's never seen, that he doesn't want to be hurt by the name. What the fuck? I mean, it is. You're right, Mark. He's fucking with he's her. Just, yeah, it's just another, you know, bastard kid, and the dad's fucking with it. Um, a little surprised they don't put up a stocking for what's the child's name? Yeah, I know. Uh, like, Biden. 
Navy. Her, her name is Navy. Her name we is don't Biden, put up Biden. a stocking for Navy at Christmas at the White House. I mean, every other grandchild is She's John Snow. She's the bastard of Navy? the family. And so yeah, Tiffany got a stocking. Tiffany's tiny, though. <laughs> <laughs> Melania really? accidentally swept it into the fireplace. I wonder... Would you love to be in the meeting where they decided, no, Tiffany or uh, Navy gets no stocking. Well, <laughs> Navy every, does not exist. I just think it's known. <laughs> every time that Joe Biden mentions his grandkids, there's always a story the next day. He only mentioned seven. He actually has eight. I think it's six and seven, actually. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, he always says my six grandkids. I don't think he, he's been told, don't ever mention the number of grandkids you have now. <laughs> because they're so sick of answering that. Ugh. I saw him chuckling this morning because people were going, I wanted you to tell me about the documents in November! And he's like, You bastard! So, um, let's see, what else do we have today after Dr. Roche? Ah, uh, yes. Trudy is so excited. Not only because John, bon John Bobbitt is talking about her, <laughs> but about a couple other things. Um, because of public adjusters of Michigan, hell yeah. They've actually been in my house. Ooh. And uh, I, I was uh, They joined your beef against your <laughs> house. my house. That's why you won. Yeah, and uh, Robert, hell yeah. Robert helped me out there, too. He uh, I actually fixed one of the ducts while he was up oh, there all right. looking to see you know, whether or not it was covered by insurance. Anyway, they'll do that because that's what public adjusters of Michigan are like. If your pipe bursts or you have to make an insurance claim for something else, call Pam first because they can you know, get you more money and take care of the claims process, keep you off the phone so you're not screwing things up, and have experts that come in and uh, evaluate what you need done and the aftermath, and even if you're in the middle of a claim, they'll help you get more money than the insurance company offered. So go to callpamfirst.com or click the logo on our website to talk to Robert or who else they've got working there. And there's no escaping technology. Computers, phones, apps, and social media are now part of modern life. So many people with bad vision, though, still depend on outdated technologies like contacts, glasses, and reading glasses. Why? When the 21st century computers can give them 20-20 vision or better... It just takes minutes, and it's largely painless. It's why we continue to recommend the most experienced eye surgeon in Michigan, Dr. Yaldo, who's given tens of thousands of Michiganders a lifestyle boost of the first degree with custom LASIK for those 40 and under and multifocal lens implants for 45 plus, which allows you to see the small print and be done with the annoyance of reading glasses while also dialing in stunning distance vision for life. You can see far away, like if you're at a concert. Yeah. You don't have those front row. You don't have to have front row tickets because you can see Mick Jagger's face <laughs> from far away. So. <laughs> okay. I'll go <laughs> with whoever. it. Good enough. Why not? Uh, 800-398-EYES is the number to call or yaldoeyecenter.com. And save $1,500 on custom LASIK just by mentioning the show. That's it? Yeah, I think. All right. Do you think uh, Evo Naturals should be? No, because we did that one yesterday. Oh, but people should go to oh, they're great, though. that website and use promo code Drew. Yeah, especially if you're like dead tired like everyone is in the middle promo of Promo code Drew? I think it is. Not question mark. <laughs> no, I know. I was going to say, leave the question mark off. I just wasn't certain. <laughs> I am Ron Burgundy? If that's really what it was um, or not. Did you guys talk about Brian Walsh yet? No, no. And I know Drew wanted to get into that. Yeah. You, Brian Walsh, the tiny mouth murderer. Yeah. Well, I think you correctly surmised that it's his face. His mouth is the same. His face is just kind of engulfing his mouth now. Yeah, his face is just eating his whole mouth and everything. That guy is, 
He probably is like the most, quicksand. I think he has the most punchable face in news oh, right now. Oh my god, he's the newest, best punchable face. He's always, his hair. He's always got a fucking smirk on that tiny little mouth that I just want to punch. But I'm afraid if you punch his face, your hand will get sucked in. <laughs> it will. Some kind of blob. It'll just pull you in. Oh god, yeah, like a sci- bad sci-fi movie. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know the one thing about that report this morning on the Today Show that I was just absolutely outraged. He beat her up, according to reports. <laughs> Before I mean, I'm not, they were married. Really? Well, yeah. I too, yeah. I'm not that and, surprised, I and guess. And she's still, like, you know that I, somebody I, I, who's, like, beating you up at all, lays hands on you at all, they're not going to stop, we're always are they? To- we're always told, though, you know, people make excuses and they go, because I love him. I, I mean, can change I, him. Yeah, it's... Wait, she's hot and he's got that punchable face and then he... Yeah, but this was before his face was taking over his mouth. Right. right? I mean, I, I <laughs> assume he was... four pictures. Well, wasn't... I mean, at one point he had to have been not, not a total fraud and asshole, right? I would think. I don't know. Because he's the father of their children. Kind of. Oh, yeah, but this not, was before... Not before... Yeah. Yeah. But the big news on him now is that, boy, this guy has the worst Google search history for a murder that anyone has ever seen. And they read it back to him in a great accent, by the way, that prosecutor. Beautiful, oh, yeah. beautiful accent. Um, <laughs> read it back to him. And he just smirked the whole fucking time. What the fuck? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah I guess they did that. Um, you know, we we talked about before was how to dispose of a 115-pound woman, which is very, very... Very specific. specific. Uh, but NBC had a really good rundown of the date and times of everything that happened. He did an internet search December 27th. So she went missing on New Year's Eve, mm. right? We know she was planning on divorcing him. She got the place in D.C. She's kicking ass. He has all this fraud trouble with art. Um, so uh, he knew he knew the end was coming up. So on December 27th, that's when he Googled, what's the best date for divorce for a man? Really? I, I don't know if they were going to move there really quick, and that's where he was going to file. I don't know. And then he searched, quote, rather than divorce. Um, oh, I forget now what, what that other part is. But, yeah, so he was researching, like, for himself right. to not give up a lot of stuff, which, because you know, so he, far, that's okay. I think that's an okay had, Google search by him. He had no skin in the game, though. He just didn't want her to be able to, you know, just walk away from him. Yeah. Wanted her to have to pay him alimony, probably. So in the He looks er- like that kind of a douche. Yeah, totally. In the early morning hours of January 1st, um, he made these following Google searches on his kid's iPad, by the way. Oh, nice. Quote, how long before a body starts to smell? Happy New Year! <laughs> Whoa. How to what? stop a body from decomposing. Oh, my God. How to bound a body. Ten ways to dispose oh, of a stinks. ten ways to dispose of a dead body if you really need to, which sounds like it's a BuzzFeed article. Uh, how long for someone to be missing to inherit? Because he wanted her money, needed her money, wanted her money, and th- this is the most ridiculous one. Can you throw away body parts? Oh my god! How does he not know that you can't be googling a, this stuff? Idiot. Well, he knew. You know, he knows that it was going to get back. Or, it would get back, or somebody would search his get stuff. Back. But I don't think he figured that they would search his son's iPad well, for whatever reason. You know what, why though? not get rid of the iPad? If he had an iPhone and you, he Googled it on an iPad, I think I've said this before, well, but it li- shows up. They, they can. Yeah. You cannot have them link, or you can have them link. Yeah, but when I, I, I got my like new iPad, it was immediately linked. You have to unlink <laughs> almost. Then later that morning, that he decided to go back on Google and search, how long does DNA last? <laughs> Oh, fuck. God. What? Asshole. And then, quote, 
Can identification be made on partial remains? So at this point, he had already murdered her. Now he's cutting her up. Um, Then dismemberment in the best ways to dispose of a body. Then another search, how to clean blood from a wooden floor. Then another one, what happens when you put body parts in ammonia. And then, is it better to throw crime scene clothes away or wash them? Wow. What? Yeah, no. He needed a murder consultant. On January 2nd, his internet searches included hacksaw, best tool to dismember. Can you be, then can you be charged with murder without a body? Yeah. Well, well, you should have, should have searched that back in December 27. Well, that, they haven't found her body, though. Yeah. So. And the answer is, yeah, you totally can. Well, that's his only chip right now to have any kind of reduced sentences to keep that yeah. body under You're wraps. Right. Yeah. But but you know what? He dismembered her, and it really seems like he threw her away in multiple parts, just like false. It sounds a lot like the Photos Dulos. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see, what else did he search? And they were searching the landfill for her. Yeah. That's where she is. Oh, oh my God. Can you identify a body with broken teeth? <sighs> so that that's the day then he went and got three rugs from Home Goods. Then he bought his um, cereal or his murder kit to clean up. Uh-huh. Mops, brushes, tarp, tape, Tyvek suit with boot covers, buckets, goggles, baking soda, and a hatchet. <sighs> Um, then they saw they caught him. They have so much footage of him. This is going the out. ideal candidate for Drew's murder consultant. No, I know because this guy is so dumb. Googling all this stuff, you're done. You're finished. They have him on surveillance. You know, getting rid of gloves and mask at an outdoor shopping center. And then his mom's place. Then January third, surveillance video catches him uh, going to a dumpster in Abingdon, a town 15 miles away from him, where he's seen carrying and discarding items that were very heavy. Then he really? drove to an apartment complex in the same city and another one in Brockton and threw away more bags. They did uh, track down the bags, and um, but they had been already destroyed and you know transported and stuff. Mm. He conducted more Google searches on January 3rd, including, what happens to hair on a dead body? Because oh he's worried about them finding, tracking it back. Uh, then, what is the rate of decomposition of a body found in a plastic bag compared to on the surface in the woods? Oh, my God. Then another one. Can baking soda make a body smell good? <laughs> this guy doesn't plan out very well. January 4th, that's the it's day. It's almost like he wanted to be caught. Does it smell good enough for you in there? No. How do you like the smell? Is it good? Trudy, he's a fucking loser. He's the biggest idiot possible. He was already ever. criminal with all his fraud, and he just, you know, he couldn't he couldn't live without her money. It's really what it seems like. So, yeah. well, just kill her, and then I'll inherit it, but he didn't think it out. Very well. And you know what? You shouldn't murder people. Yeah, that's true. January 4th. That's the day she uh, didn't show up for work and her employer said that she's missing. So the police actually show up at his house. And I guess that's when they noticed that he had towels, bath mats, a bunch of new stuff that he bought at Home Goods. What's going on, officer? They also, when they got to the house, they decided to peek in his car. Mm. He's got a Volvo and noticed that there was a plastic liner on the sheet, on the seats. Oh. The seats were also down. You know, because you don't oh. want anybody to see in the car body. driving. Yep. Yeah. And then um, next time they talked to him a few days later, that liner was gone. The seats were back to normal. And there was vacuum streaks on the carpet. Of course. So he's, he's just cleaning it up. But you know what? They still checked the car and found blood in there. Oh, this guy's a total phony. So day five, the search for Anna Walsh becomes public. His phone records show that's when he went to a daycare and then to his mommy's apartment complex. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, let's look at that footage on the surveillance. And that's where they found a bag that had 
blood, uh, bloody towels, tapes, slippers, the Tyvek suit, oh, uh, rug, it's over. gloves, cleaning agent, carpets. Her COVID vaccination card, specifically what? for Anna Walsh. Why? A hacksaw, cutting shears, a hatchet, clothing, a Prada purse that he told uh, the investigators that, yeah, when she left, uh, she had the Prada purse. This is outrageous criminal activity. The problem with that lie, too, is that they saw her phone records and saw that she never left the house, and then it was turned off the morning of January 2nd, I think, at like 3 a.m. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that wild? An idiot. Just an idiot. And then January 8th is when they found the uh, blood and the knife in the basement of his house. This must have been impulse. Like, it must have... I don't think that it was Brandy, premeditated. Otherwise... Oh, it's. I think it's totally premeditated. Then, I mean, why is he... I don't know. These Google searches should be, you know, a month ago or something. Not... not well, sure. But he was already Googling about... You know, he knows he's getting a divorce. And you say he was using his... His kid's iPad? Yeah, his son's. That's what, that's what the prosecutor said today. He should have got rid of that. <laughs> well, he, didn't cloud. Have a, he didn't Mon- Google that. Monday morning quarterback in here, but he should have got rid of that. Aren't, well, aren't all your Google searches somewhere, though? And you know, It depends anyway. on the browser that you're signed I, in on. I just know. assume wow. anything you do online is can be found by someone somewhere yeah, at some time. Sure. Right? And also, you know, you shouldn't murder people. That's true. Yeah, that's I mean, good, it really good advice. begins and ends with that. But I don't know. It, yeah, it's, it's you know, it was a big story today, though, and it's just begun. It's just the tip of the iceberg. Randy, you said something that is really going to piss me off. You're right. He is holding that chip of where he dumped the body so they can find any remains. It's always there. the bargaining tool so you don't get you know the death sentence or— Do they have the death penalty in Massachusetts, right? That's where that's where the murder occurred, wasn't it? I don't think—I don't know. I, I lived there for a little while. I don't, it's kind of a liberal state doesn't seem like that's what that's exactly what i was thinking that's why i would be surprised if they did have it um well the boston bomber would have got it right i mean oh um oh that's right but that was a federal crime drew do they have the death penalty in massachusetts where um brian walsh killed his wife i don't know i don't don't think they do because now that i'm looking at it uh jokar uh that was a federal federal court yeah yeah we were just going through his Google searches. I don't know, but it used to be hanging. Kind of wish it were still. I wonder if the, love to see him hang. Can you imagine that tiny mouth? A tiny little mouth. Watch it disappear back <laughs> into his face again. <laughs> Do you think the Boston bomber ever regrets what he did? Because I mean, no, he, I don't. It was think an incredible does. thing, but you know, he is in prison forever. You know, for like four fifths of his life, he's in prison, high security prison. I don't think he regrets it. No. He's, Plus, he's, he got that cool cover on Rolling Stone magazine. And he, he probably a had a lot of yeah, He probably gets so much fan mail and Wouldn't, chicks. If he regrets one thing, it's running over his brother. Wouldn't you think that would just bend <laughs> your belief in the cult just a little bit? Because, I mean, pretty cultish thing there. Well, he probably thinks he's going to whatever, wherever he thinks he's going. Oh, with his seventy-two virgins. Not sure it would really be that worth it after a while, and and also, why oh. wouldn't you just kill himself if he's so sure about that? I just because well, if you kill out. yourself, then that that's the end of that contract. You can't do it then. Yeah, but if you're in a suicide bombing, that's a suicide. Don't you, you know wish you're going to die? Don't you wish the guards every day would come up to him and go, "Hey, remember when you ran over your brother?" <laughs> <laughs> they probably do. I hope they do. That was the craziest day. Wasn't that just nuts? Yeah. God, that was so weird. I remember it. And some of those people that, that remember the people that escaped, they were at the gas station. They just ran out of the car and ran across the street to a little <laughs> yeah. mini mart, got help. Was that one of the first examples of the internet getting in the way of an investigation? Yeah, the internet was crucial. I don't know. What really? what did the internet do to get in the way? Didn't the internet and the New York Post then identify like the wrong, the wrong person? The wrong guy, yeah. Uh, 
They did. In the oh, video. that's so commonplace now. I, I wouldn't even know. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 well, that's incredible to me. It's one of the first times where they got in the way. Who did yeah. they say he was? I don't recall. I don't remember. It was it was some guy in a blue baseball hat and then Sunil Tripathi or whatever. Oh, really? They know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He so he got suicide. He killed himself. Yeah. Because of that. In the aftermath of the Boston Marathon bombing, this guy's name is it's it's Sunil Tripathi. I believe I'm, yeah, I'm probably, no, probably butchering that right. name. I don't know this, but he was one of several people that was misidentified as a suspect by social media. Good job, guys. And yeah. on April 16th, 2013, one af- one day after the bombings, Reddit users created their own subreddit with the intention of like consolidating all the em- evidence and figuring it out. You know, the great internet sleuths. Uh, and by these Wednesday, people, of course, are very cautious about any kind of defamation oh, yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah. By the next day, <laughs> three thousand people had already joined the subreddit, and they were already uh, you know compiling a whole bunch of evidence. Uh, after the release of the photos, people tried to contact the Tripathi family. Oh, oh that's a good idea. Yep, through phone calls on ABC News, as well as Facebook messages, social media, blah, blah, blah. The great uh, sleuth. Let's see. Later, they actually found Jokar and Tamerlan or whatever. And soon after, they found a body floating in the Seekonk River, oh, and it ended up being this guy. They don't believe okay. that, like him being... Okay, wait a second. Was he a friend of Jokar? I don't think that they had any relationship. Remember, whatsoever. there were four of them that were kind of peripherally involved. No, I don't believe so. I well, think that this kid—I know Tamerlan had friends, right? Because he was in the drug trade. I think this kid was, was missing story. like a couple days before the uh, Boston bombing, and his family was looking for him because he had mental issues. And so the internet grabbed onto that. They said, "Hey." This guy, who fits the profile of what we're looking for, disappeared two days before the bombings. It must be him. I saw the same thing with the, with the Idaho murders. Now, there, there needs to be a lot more people fighting back against that. Well, there's you know, one. Like the, like the Alex Jones people. I, I'm glad they did that because while I sincerely doubt anyone will think twice about anything. <laughs> and, like, you know, when Antonio Brown does it and everyone knows him, it's the most, he's a huge public figure. He's like... You know, my fucking wife called the cops when I hit her. I'm, I'm putting her out, blowing me. And nobody does anything? Yeah. It just fucking blows my mind. But, you know, this is... And, and who knows if it's exactly the reason he killed himself. Uh, but there have been a lot of people who've been misidentified for a million things. Well, they don't believe, nobody cares. They don't believe the I misidentification he, of him being accused as the Boston bomber led to his suicide. They believe, they believe that this kid disappeared, committed suicide. Oh, the pe- and then, they blamed him. They assaulted or they harassed the family of him. And then he washed up and they realized, oops, we messed up. As though this family didn't have enough tragedy to right. deal with exactly. in the first place. Of course not. Yeah. Uh, there is that Idaho professor that is suing a TikTok creator. Oh, I love that suit. For defamation. That's a really complicated that's not a public suit. figure. Yeah. The TikTok person is a minor. Oh, really? I think they I are. I'm pretty sure. I mean, they're a TikTok star. They have tons of followers. And what did they accuse the professor of? I thought committing the murder. Yeah, that was Rebecca Schofield. Oh, of the Idaho murders. Yeah, yeah, the Brian That's uh, right. co-booger. Yeah, they, they. I think that this TikToker believed that this professor, Rebecca, had teamed up with- Can you with... play the story, Brandon? Oh, she's not a minor. No, she's older. That's the professor, isn't it? Professor oh, who's yeah. suing. Can you yeah. play the story? Yeah. Just don't say too many more stupid things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get the load just a second here. Yeah, I, I just am amazed that people don't have any concern. But, of course, 
very few people go to journalism school. Very few people are, uh-huh. are taught the laws in terms of defamation. Right. So, yeah, if you just turn everyone loose, the, um, what happens? The woman that's being sued, her TikTok is called Ashley Solves Mysteries. <laughs> yeah. After she backstabs the killer, she's not going to live up to her promises for him. A TikToker and self-proclaimed internet sleuth sued for defamation after she repeatedly claims a University of Idaho history professor is responsible for the murders of four students. So how strong is this professor's case? Welcome to Law and Crime. I'm Anjanette Levy, and welcome to Law and Crime's Sidebar Podcast. Imagine waking up one day and finding out that there's a TikTok page basically (laughs) dedicated to calling you a murderer. (laughs) That happened to Professor Rebecca Schofield of the University of Idaho. She is a history professor there, and Schofield is suing a woman named Ashley Gillard for defamation after Gillard posted more than 20 videos accusing Schofield of taking part in the murders and having a relationship with one of the victims. Maddie Mogan, Kaylee Gonsalves, Zana Kernodal, and Ethan Chapin were all murdered in an off-campus home on November 13th. Schofield says, to her knowledge, she's never Duh. had any of these students. Trudy's reading a post. And she's never I had think you any need a good lawyer, my dear. <laughs> right after the murders, Ashley Gillard started posting TikTok videos about Professor Schofield, claiming that she partnered with someone else to commit these murders. According to Schofield's lawsuit, her lawyer sent two cease and desist letters to Gillard, but she didn't stop posting about her and claiming that the professor was involved in the murders. Kermit Roosevelt is a constitutional law Ah, expert. We don't need your guest. Jesus. Boring. Are we developing a know-it-all generation? Developing? What it's just TikTok content. Hey. Think, you know, two C and Ds is pretty generous for saying you killed four yep. people. That's, she did 20, 20 posts yep. talking about us. Why are some people so fucking sure of themselves? I don't get it. Like these the election deniers that are so sure of themselves. I mean, you could a million cat <clears throat> COVID people who know. I know this is true. Isn't isn't the idea of what if I'm right? I'll be like a national. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't even think it gets that far. It's like, oh, look at all these follows I'm getting. <laughs> That's true. At, at least well, for that. this girl. I mean, the other people. Yeah, I don't know. But for influencers, well, again, influencers. Now she's not a bonamaker influencer. <laughs> no, but she's a boner army. She's getting like a hundred thousand views on these TikToks. She has a hundred and fifteen thousand followers. Out of her ass, naming someone by name. Why would you use their name? Why don't you just tell the story and say this is why I think this, but I don't want to name the person in case it's not them. Yeah. I guess that'd be too prudent. <laughs> True. You have such high expectations for people. Well, it's just not. I think the professor has a pretty good case. I mean, that's absolutely. How much? How much is she suing her for? Well, uh, I don't know what the amount is, but the TikToker is making money falsely accusing someone of murder. That's true. Now, she's not the only one because there's all kinds of people doing the very same thing to other people. But, you know, like the Alex Jones case, that went on for 10 fucking years of people harassing the shit out of these people who had children age six who were murdered in cold blood at their school. And can you imagine how awful that would be to have your six-year-old murdered at school and then have an army of Alex Jones idiots chasing you down? Yeah, you're there. You just want to increase gun laws. I mean, 
And that goes on for 10 fucking years and no one does anything to stop it. No one. It's incredible, isn't it? It's pretty yeah. incredible. Yeah. I mean, I, I was delighted that they finally got him in court. But the other side of me was like, but why was that allowed to go on all that time? Sure. I th- find that fucking incredible. And uh, it reminds me, today I was reading another story about the San Francisco Reparations Committee. <laughs> oh, my God. Have you heard about this, Trudy? No. What is this? Yeah, this is, a, this is an organization that was, I mean, this is, a lot of time has gone into choosing, choosing the organization. Today I was reading about the group of people who are on the committee. One calls himself a white supremacist because he was so unaware of how racist he was. Um <laughs> And the other ones have, you know, the credentials are varying, but they're all academic types, generally speaking. And they were um, they were commissioned to come up with the proper reparations for African-Americans who live in San Francisco. Hmm. San Francisco is trying to take the bull by the horns and be a leader in providing reparations, even though it's not a slave state or a slave city. So after months of studying and working on this and looking at all the uh, angles, they decided that any African-American who was identified as African-American for 10 years or more and is over the age of 18 should get a sum of $5 million and they should be guaranteed an income of $97,000 a year for life. Also have their college loans and housing loans uh, absolved. Wow. Well, I mean, and, that's ridiculous because then they can just pay the loans. <laughs> No, exactly. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, you lost me with the $5 million, first of all. I mean, do you realize that the tiny percentage of people in the United States of America who have $5 million? That's a very small, small group. You had me and then you lost me. (laughs) And and today, as I was reading about it, I was thinking, you know, we've spent so much time on reparations for something that was a long, long time ago that was horrible. No, it's indisputable. But... I don't know. I haven't heard anything about reparations for, for example, the people who were put in um, uh, World War II internment camps. Con- uh, internment camps. Oh, uh-huh. Have yeah. we paid Asian American families who I, were put in internment I, camps? I, I'm not joking. I believe the state of California did pay some kind of money to them years ago. Let me, um, do- let me double check. And then I was thinking, well, you know what? We just fucked a lot of people over by taking their jobs away because they couldn't get a vaccine that they had questions about that turned out to be pretty reasonable. Uh, There was a law, um, surviving Japanese Americans got reparations and a formal apology for President Reagan during their incarceration during World War II, $20,000. For all? I mean, it's not just in the state of California or just... uh, No, is that the people that were put in the camps or the descendants? 20 seconds of research. (laughs) That's a little more reasonable than five million dollars. What does George Takai say about it? It's the Civil Liberties Act of 1988. Oh well, that's a that's a well, that's the law of the land. I'd like to see how they came up with five million dollars, because it's interesting. The people that suffered the most, who get nothing, um, and then they reward the people who didn't experience the atrocity, but they're suggesting that this would be the amount the amount to make it make it correct because of what they did not inherit or. Um, because of all the loss of income from that period, and I guess they must be adding to what it would grow to today if they were properly paid. Uh, I mean, do you suppose they subtracted their expenses that they would have incurred at that time? I mean, I have no idea how they came up with $5 million. It, it, also, it also sounds like a good grift for somebody to try to get in there and steal some money that way. You know, like, well, I mean, is there certain criteria? Or oh, yeah, they, yes. they, yeah, 10 years. 
10 years of identifying as African American. So would the woman who's not black, who identifies as black, would Rachel she get the money? Dolezal. Rachel Dolezal. Yeah, Rachel Dolezal. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. She's been identifying as black for over 10 years. But I'm saying, she? like, what if somebody from Jamaica came here would in Paris Jackson get it? Would Paris Jackson get the money? She qualifies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. But if somebody from Jamaica moved to California in 2010, does that person get reparations? They're over 18. Well, somebody in, Does that make sense? Wait, no, that's... No. Somebody in Jamaica? Well, I'm just saying, so what if, if somebody... you've lived in San Francisco for 10 years or more and you're over 18, but you, you qualify. But, you, but specifically, you, you're... You have, um, you have to live there for lineage 10 years. from no, no, not in that case. So no, Jamaica should pay them reparations. Is, that, <laughs> is it defined by like skin pigments? No, I mean, it says identifying as African American so, for ten years or so more. Paris every, Jackson would qualify. Every white asshole could jump on it, like all the things that they give away. And well, uh, and you know, this happens something. a lot. Have you seen all the athletes who have, who have picked PPP up loans? hundreds of thousands of dollars? No, not PPP loans for disability. Joe Montana, people oh, like that yeah, who are knocked yeah. out of football with injuries eventually, oh, yeah. even though they're like thirty-eight years old. California athletes, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I'm offended they even asked for the money. I mean, that's yeah, outrageous. That's I think it's more than kind of shitty. I think it's trying to steal money. Yeah. Oh, it's within the law. No, but you couldn't have played football when you're 50. Nobody plays football when they're 50. Except for Tom Brady. Not yet. <laughs> and George Blanda. Did George Blanda play? No, him? neither one of them made it to 50. Wait, how old was Blanda when he retired? Blanda was like 42 or 43 what? when he won the MVP, but he played till he was like 48, I think. He looked like he was wow. 60 when he retired. He played till 75. He was born in 27. So he's 48. Carry the one. I never had any metal pictures of what George Blanda looked like. You like what you see? <laughs> he's actually he had pretty. big sideburns. No, find a picture of him he's when he retired. He's fairly attractive. Oh. He yeah, was. Like, um, look, look, at that, look, look, look at that hair. That guy was 40. How old did you say he was when he was 48. Okay. That yeah. guy's 48. He, honestly, he looks like he's 70 there. He does. He looks like John Namnyuk with he, hair. Yeah, uh, Johnny D. <laughs> he does. He, he was the backup terrible. quarterback, and in 71 or 72, I think it was, he came in when the Raiders were losing and oh, bailed them out hurt. Bailed them out and won like four or five games as a backup QB, and then he had field goals that won games, too. They were missed four in a row. It was a bizarro... Trudy, no. this picture is him at 43, yeah. and the reason why they did the story is because they just wanted to say, hey, look at Tom Brady compared to Blanda at 43. Sure. <laughs> I agree with him. It's wow. a good piece. Well, he probably lived, yeah, he probably smoked Marlboros. And, what a stat yeah. line in 1965 for Blanda. 30 touch. wait, what is it? 20 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. Whoa. That was a good stat line for that time. He probably lived. Interceptions were not a big deal back then. No, I, and I, God, I can't remember what who who it was they were looking at, but the number, I think it was, might have been Namath and how many interceptions he threw. Oh, he had, he had games where he threw six. Blanda in 62, 27 touchdowns, 42 interceptions. That's a lot. I think what? he might have been MVP or an MVP candidate one of those crazy years because 27 touchdown passes was a ton back then. Yeah, Nobody yeah, yeah. threw the ball. Two years before, he had 36 uh, touchdowns to 22 interceptions. Wow. That's a killer 22 year. 22 interceptions. Was he MVP that year? He had 36? Player of the year, yeah. yeah for the know. AFL. It's, it, so is that why 
Tom Brady is still playing because of George Blanda? He's trying to beat his record? There was speculation this no. week, Trudy. Seriously, I saw speculation. He's that addicted. He, he wants to surpass Blanda's record. George Blanda really? threw 41 more interceptions over his career than he did touchdowns. Oh, wow. I think uh, Tom Brady is addicted to football. Somebody else said that. Nate Burleson. He said it, and then he goes, but I mean that in a good way. I'm like, right. uh, I'm not sure it's good, good I don't honestly. think so. I think he's I think had. He should quit football. He's had a couple great opportunities to retire, and he just doesn't. He just won't quit. He doesn't. Good, want to quit. He shouldn't. I think he'll come he back. Just next set the year. record for completions in a season. Uh, with an extra game, and, I, and when he can't start, I want him to do. I want him to, you know, go to a team where he can be a backup. Does anyone want him to retire? Is anyone to? Because oh, I assume oh, everyone assumes he's playing. Well, Count David Wimp does. But. but you know what? He's a total free agent. Did you know that? The Buccaneers, they can't yeah. tag him or anything. He can go wherever he wants. So what are the rumors? San Francisco? San Fr- always San Francisco. Yeah, he, because San Francisco. he was a fan when he was a kid. Raiders. Wait, but San Francisco. They don't need him. They got Brock Purdy. The Raiders would well, be. He's awful good. young. <laughs> the Raiders have been the one that Because Derek Carr's out. Yeah. Where's Derek Carr going? He just said goodbye. He's going yeah, he... anywhere else but there. They thought oh, okay. San Francisco because his family's out in California. Yeah, but but he, he should come to Michigan. Right. <laughs> a little more progressive and Would ahead you, of the curve here in San Francisco. Jared Goff or Tom Brady? Goff all day. Goff. Twitter poll. Twitter poll. Goff had a fantastic Tom Brady's available. Season. Tom Brady or Jared, Jared Goff? What's, what's the difference in cost? Twitter. Why would we bring that up? Well, because that matters. I got a cap to run. I would imagine they both, don't they both make a ton of money? Oh, I think golf makes a lot more. more. Than golf Brady? makes more, yeah. Yeah, a lot more. Wait, what? Well, I, I don't want to get in all the money in the years yeah, of just eat. cap and i mean that's kind of spoils the twitter poll doesn't it one for one jared goff for tom brady yeah who do you want who i want golf which fuck you barbara this way jared goff wins something in the uh off season golf he's still not the quarterback <laughs> i don't care what anybody says he had a great barbara year. doesn't even know how to pronounce so, his name uh, geno, S- geno smith had a great year brandon so it's the nfl he did. yeah i know he cost a lot less than golf well, but we've known Goff's price all this time. It's not like I know, they I just, just decided what to pay him. With Goff. I, I think you could plug anybody into that spot, and they would have had as good of a year. You and Barbara need to get a room. Don't give yeah, Goff any credit him. for anything. God, you I mean, him. Brock Purdy just you started. You hate Goff. He had a great Skyler Thompson just started a playoff. Some people are calling it Goffense. Jesus Christ. Are you going to put the Twitter poll up, Brandon? Yeah, I can do that. I think that'll get a lot of response. Do we get a lot of response to our other one about the movie? Oh, uh... Did you finish the menu yet? Nobody no. wants to watch the menu. I did like Glass Onion, though. And I, I bet people it. email me that said they liked the menu. Who done it? I like who done it. Yeah, it seems kind of mixed with our audience, but I mean, I know it's a popular movie. If somebody likes it. A lot of people hey. like it. Yeah, the majority of our audience, 60%, said they liked Glass, Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. A fun How movie. many people voted? Over 1,200. Oh, 1,200 votes? That's not bad. Yeah. Did you guys talk about Cold Booger? No. What about him? Uh, they unsealed the apartment search, which oh. a few days ago I said, it might get him off. They find they any unsealed. girlfriends in there? <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> they found a pillow with reddish stain that was described as covered in blood. Ew. Um, <laughs> several hairs... Eight strands of hair, which they feel are not his. Oh, boy. One of which is an animal, which he does not have an animal. Is it that doggy skinned? Could be that. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) They were thinking more about the animal that was in the house house, barking. You know Uh, what? I I had this premonition the other day that he's had other victims. So let's see if hmm, that pans out. I think that's 
well worth looking into. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that's a hell of a challenge for your first murder. Yeah. They have the death penalty in Idaho? I think they do, don't they? I would think so. So could he avoid that by going, all right, I'll tell you about other people I killed. But yeah, he could. Penalty. He absolutely could. They also found um, a stained mattress cover, which yeah. my big surprise is, he has a mattress cover? I would think he'd have a mattress cover. He seems like the kind of guy that wouldn't. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's, that's funny <laughs> Looking at a person and guessing if they'd have a mattress cover. Uh, I did not think he would have one If he had a mattress in a corner With nothing on it <laughs> in the corner, But, a, but yeah. a, a quilt or something True, Have you ever had sex with someone who did not have sheets on the bed? Ever um, Be honest Passage. No, I don't think so. What? Twitter poll. Ooh la la. That's a great Twitter that is, poll. That is a much better Twitter poll. <laughs> oh, I mean, our Lions one's going to get buried. This is no, okay. They'll this be back is, to back. Both are going to do well. <laughs> Capital well, punishment. Could ask if Trudy's ever had sex with someone without cheating. Oh, no, no, no. Keep her. <laughs> I, I feel they don't bad. Know the answer. I feel bad with the Bobbit uh, thing already. Do you think Bobbit has a, has a uh, mattress? A good, fair oh, question. Oh, no. Hell no. On a mattress with one. Um, <laughs> Capital punishment was reinstated in Idaho July 7th, 1973. Oh, right. Have you ever had sex with someone on a bed with no sheets on it? <laughs> bed with, on a mattress with no sheets on it. Gross. Truly, people do it. People have done it. Usually, I had a roommate that did it a lot. Really? Yeah. He had a mattress with no sheets I, on it. It was just like he had a quilt or something. Let me get Was there Banged a, bo- a lot of chicks in there. Was there a bed frame and or a box frame? No. Negative. Nope. The and there was a rabbit in the room, too. Ew! Ah! No. Oh. gross. Jesus. That's, that's no. just What a room of skank. What was going on with the rabbit? I don't know, but he got Take laid more than anyone I knew. Really? Yeah, he did. I don't know how he did it. Huge dick. I think it's by not caring. <laughs> <laughs> well, Seriously, clearly. he didn't care. He just would ask anyone to have Being sex Being indifferent is sort of an aphrodisiac. He was young, too. In was the rabbit in a cage? Yes. Really? Yeah. Uh, the, chai- the, the cage was not cleaned regularly at all. Uh, oh. They never are. No. The rabbit had to see all that, too. <laughs> Poor rabbit. <laughs> I had two friends that had rabbits growing up. I thought it was so gross. Kind of smelly. They're just you know? gross. Because the chips I, that they live in are I don't weird. think rabbits... I don't, I've never really been very entertained by a rabbit. I've never had a Boring. rabbit and gone, man, this is really uh, fun hanging out with this rabbit. <laughs> They're so soft. Dogs all the time. I love dogs. Even cats can be fun. But rabbits, like, oh, my God, I love this rabbit. <laughs> What about ferrets? You can play with it. It fetches. You know, It'll have, sit. Have you known anyone that had a ferret as a pet? Yeah. Oh, no. I have. Yeah, me too. They're, I don't, I don't, like, I don't them. like it. I don't like them. Like, I think ferrets are cool, but as a pet. No, they're not. They're gross. They're I've weird. Seen it, it smells. and <laughs> Yeah. They're, they're, like, they're like snakes that have legs. That move you know what? really, really fast. I remember this kid on my street as a kid. His name was Pug. Oh, cool. Yeah. I, I don't know if that was his real name or not. It was Pug Alfred, and he was famous in the neighborhood because he had snakes. Really? Yeah. And people were really freaked out about it. I want you at Pug Alfred's house with those snakes. <laughs> See, I don't mind snakes. I think it's kind of cool. And there was another kid who had a neighborhood newspaper. Yeah. It was like a, and he actually Whoa. wrote a controversial column on really? Pug Alfred's snakes that, yeah, was not received well oh by God. the Alfred wow. family. That is so cool. Yeah. Wow. What was the comment section like? I don't think it was a comment <laughs> section. Nobody just wrote their comments and gave it back. He had he had some controversial takes though. I remember at one point he he did a story about I think it was Mr. Peterson had a new lawn like new sod put in. Oh my god! And it was a little disappointing. Oh, Oh, what a genius! What a genius idea! But the end of the the end of the newsletter was when he said somebody appeared to have been drinking too much at the picnic. (laughs) (laughs) And that was that. 
<laughs> He's canceled. Is he, what is he doing today? Do you know? I don't know. I don't know. Look into it. Yeah. Uh, they also found a black glove in Koberger's place that they took. I don't know what one black glove means. Uh, computer tower. Uh, an unnamed item with dark red spots. I don't know whatever that is. Gross. What was his decor? <laughs> Blood, apparently. You Sounds see, like uh, someone's having their monthly. I don't know if anybody saw this, but um, I saw Howard Stern trending on Twitter. Yeah. And so I looked it up, and he was trending because he had Stephen A. Smith on, mm-hmm. which Howard knows nothing about sports. I don't know why he would have Stephen A. Smith on. But um, who was it that worked on ESPN in the team show? He's funny as hell. He's got a serious show. ESPN on the team show? What's yeah, team it was show? with that old guy. Francesca. Francesca, 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 and... Mad Dog. Oh, Mad, Mad Dog, Dog yeah. Uh, Russo. I think yeah. it was Mad Dog was yelling at Stephen Smith for being late to his show. <laughs> always, always. And then... <laughs> I love that. Those two guys yelling at each other. In the course of the uh, trending thing, though, I'm looking down, and there's this post, and I think it was new, where Joe Rogan was calling out Howard for saying that uh, um, he... Went woke to save his career, and then COVID broke his brain. Yeah, you want to hear it? Yeah, sure. I mean, look, people to this day, they make fun of Howard Stern because of who he is now and the the way he behaves now. That guy's the man. He was the fucking pioneer. When he was the king of all media, and he was telling everybody to suck his dick, and the the (laughs) FCC was going after him, the government was fining him. Yeah. They were finding his businesses fucking millions of dollars. Yeah. Boom. Hot take. And he was out there doing wild shit yeah, on the he radio. He was putting a Klansman on with fucking Young Thug. Or, and not now, Young Thug, and wow. now he's woke. <laughs> it's Miami. crazy. Trick Daddy? Trick Daddy. Yeah. Yeah, he has to be, though, because, dude, the skeletons, that guy. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it, because they stopped I, talking. I, I think I, if, I, if I really was Howard Stern, I really... Did the had the career I had? I would rather quit I'm than do what retired. he's doing. Jesus no, Christ! Ther- therapy apparently has helped him and destroyed his show. Yeah. Well, for all the therapy, why does he not have any relationships with any of the people that left the show? Yeah. Like he won't even mention their names on the air. He's so angry with them. I don't think that's the type of therapy he gets. I think the type of therapy About he him. gets is just what to do to get out of bed. Yeah. Um, He's really, you know, ever since he... He still rags other people in the show for going out places. Oh, yeah, all the time. You're going to die. You're going to get an obit. But this is like 2023. I thought I saw a clip today, and I I don't know how recent it was, where he's dressing down Gary's kid for hugging him. I saw that went viral again today. (laughs) How old is that? I want to say that was during the pandemic, but I don't know. They're they're all at home, so it must have been during the pandemic. (laughs) No, he's still home, so... (laughs) No, Gary was home. Right, Gary. Oh, well, and Robin was Gary's home. back. In. If you can find it, Brandon. <laughs> no, I saw it. I definitely saw that this morning. I felt but... bad for. I felt bad for Gary's kid. He's right. Like, I don't know what, okay, like, I'm yeah, sorry. Sorry yeah, that I stupid. hugged my dad. No, I love when he makes fun of Gary, but it's a little stupid. I'm surprised Gary didn't stand up for him a little better. Stand up for his kid a little better. Um, but you know, to think that. The guy that fought the FCC all those years is reduced to hiding in his basement and blasting anyone who actually questions anything, like, you know, platforms banning reasonable questions, and he is for that. It's fucking crazy. I'm amazed that he has an audience, but he still does. I don't know. What is his audience now? Does anyone, is there any way to know that? No. I saw a, uh, a story about the top 
channels on Sirius XM, and Howard Stern Channel was number one. Uh-huh. And the number two channel, the the total number of audience listing was like 628,000. And I thought, that's the number two channel out of all those channels? Wow. The number 10 was, I think, less than 200,000. Really? Which means less than this podcast. On Sirius XM, around the world, on 24-7, seven days a week, less than 200,000. And you know what? I'm surprised they stay in business. I, I am too, but they people buy it. People pay for it. So it doesn't matter how many people listing there are as long as people pay their subscriptions. Oh boy, I suppose. It doesn't how matter. How long is that going to last? How long can WGR make money? <laughs> You're listening to this madness here. So, right. so this video starts off with... Uh, um, we, we don't know Harry, when this is from. Like, I, I I have no idea, but it went viral again this morning. I think because of the Joe Rogan stuff. But uh, yeah, it could have been in the midst of COVID in 2020. It could I don't be care when it was. Yeah, you, you can you hug never your know. fucking kid. So it it's starts stupid. off with uh, Gary Delbate. His son comes in the room and hugs him and doesn't know he's on the air. And then all hell breaks loose. Hey, what's up? It's I'm on the air. I'm on the air. Okay, it says August 17th, 2020. Okay. So this is, you know, six months after COVID begins, but it's still right in the thralls of it. Lucas, I love your father. You're a great kid. Why would you Why would you come in from the outside after you've been with your, you know, your college situation? I don't understand honestly, what you just did. It was It was honestly just impulse. Um, hello, hello. Yeah, but but you know better. I mean, you're you're a bright guy. You know we better than We talked to you hug. last week, and you said I know how to be careful. Yeah, yeah. You know, honestly, that just kind of wasn't smart. I kind of wasn't thinking. It's funny that you, he, you're a young guy. He you might... accepts the criticism. That's what the funniest part is. How people accept narratives I mean. like that. Yeah, well, it's hilarious. Well, plus he's it's Howard Stern. Perhaps this kid who's like, if I just say sorry, it'll go away. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not even going to fight. I have COVID right now and be asymptomatic. You literally could have just given your father COVID, and he's no spring chicken. Seriously. Yeah, you could have killed your dad. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm very sorry. I wasn't really thinking. I'll honestly. never hug my dad again. Coming soon, Gary's obituary. Oh, my uh, God. And Lucas, Gary's already coughing. Did you just see that? <laughs> I'm being serious. Coughing. He just coughed. What was that? <clears throat> clearing of the throat? Nothing. <clears throat> no? There's nothing right. going on. You know what Gary's what? downfall is? He's, he's a great dad. Everybody wants yeah. to hug him. You're He's too, too nice. Then, yeah. <laughs> but Lucas, you're a young guy. You know, you got to think about the, your dad's older. Yeah, you know for what God's I mean? sake. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I totally Howard's agree there. with you. Um, I'm sorry, Dad. Jesus. Sorry for hugging you, Dad. God, is that stupid? Plus, he makes him wear a, a mask in his own house. Since he's really <laughs> awkward. Wow. <laughs> That's stupid. Oh, my God. Go ahead. Well... Anyway, yeah, uh, I, I just, I've heard Howard, I haven't really heard him mention numbers lately, but I think he used to say like 3 million people. Hmm. That wasn't very long ago. I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't think so. Well, he would use the 23 million subscribers. That's what we have. And maybe 60% of them were. They, oh, that's what he said in the. Carl's the, most recent Patreon episode. The Pelican Brief. Yeah, it covers the the very famous 2013 PowerPoint presentation from Howard Stern. Have you seen that, Trudy? That's uh-huh, when everything no. kind of turned around. But I do want to say, um, I got a message the other day from Sirius who want me, because I had my car serviced, 
hey, do you want three months free Sirius? Remember, it only used to be for the period of time when yeah. you bought a new car. Oh. And now they're trying to find new ways to get back into your car hmm. by offering it. So did you do it? I just started responding. No. I you didn't fall for you it? You said no. Are you serious? <laughs> you refused three months of free well, XM? I put it aside for review because I don't know if I want to. <laughs> what I do is then I, you don't have I to explain put on my calendar the, like three months from whatever yeah, it was because yeah, I got Jack's car wash. What is the downside of accepting free Sirius? <laughs> I know. What's the, the what's the downside of accepting free series? I don't. I really stopped when I got my new Forgetting car. I didn't it. even listen yeah. to it because I don't either. yeah, because well, I, was I mean, listening not to many podcasts. people. Not that many people are. Um, you know, the one I was curious about was Faction Talk because that's really guy talk. Well, before uh, before my free subscription ran out, um, Conan's channel popped up, oh, yeah. and that that was really good, because there were a lot of uh, old bits from even late what night interviews. What number is Conan on I have no Sirius? Idea. I don't know what channel it is. Well, I don't think I saw that channel in the top ten. But it would you be some to... of his podcasts and old clips, and I don't know. I thought, I thought I love the guy, so I thought it was really great. You talked to Neil Young on that podcast. Oh, just gross. Recently. Never mind. Well, I, what? I'm just kidding. I don't Why do you hate Neil, Neil Young? No, but he's such well, a Neil's good a good guest. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a lot of stories. Uh, by the way, they had the Songwriters Hall of Fame inductions today. Who got in? Janice Ian? <laughs> no, she probably should, but... Uh, Matt Farley? <laughs> no, Matt Farley didn't make it. He'll should probably be. get in one of these days, though, because he has the most songs written of anybody. Prolific. He'll probably get him in. Quantity. Um, anyway, I was, I was reading about, you know, oh, my God, it's such a diverse class. This is one of the best classes. And on CBS, I'm surprised you didn't see this because uh, Gail and the gang were just so excited. In fact, they called this class a roadmap of the biggest hits of the last 30 years. <laughs> wow. Wait, is okay. this the soundtrack of your lives? I love the buildup. It's going to be so uh, such a letdown when you name them. <laughs> and uh, the class included, of course, of course, and you know a lot of people Beyonce. are already in. So you know you're talking about people that are eligible now, which I don't know what the qualifications are, but obviously you probably need to be in the na in the neighborhood of 50 years old or 20 years writing songs. Anyway, uh, the, the glorious Gloria Estefan finally <laughs> is in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Oh, thank God. The Miami Sound Machine working on all cylinders I mean, all these it. years. You don't love all those songs? That, I mean, she wrote Conga. That was a great song, right? I don't yes. know any of her songs. Oh, yeah, you know Conga. Trudy, the rhythm is going to get you? All right, all right, whatever. Now, this is songwriting, so is this Trudy's lyrics? Trudy's like the rhythm didn't get her. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. I, I hate Gloria Estefan's music. I hate it's it. I, but I admit, it was people did like it. Uh, she had three number one hits. She did. Significant. I know. Isn't that surprising? Was Turn the Beat Around one of them? Oh, Probably. Okay. Oh, she did turn that fucking beat around, man. <laughs> that was amazing. Wait, was that her? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's a She turned that fucking beat around. Yeah. I like. I used to like that song. Crank it. What? Crank really? It. Let's turn that thing around. Oh, yeah. This seems like it would have fit in 78 in the disco. Yeah. Free for all. Sure. Gotta turn that motherfucking beat around and shit. Yeah, she needs to uptown. Motherfucker. Yeah, it just goes through you, but uh, people liked it. Then, of course, the, um, the man for all seasons, Glenn Ballard, who uh, wrote hits for Wilson Phillips. 
Uh, he co-wrote Man in the Mirror with Jackson. He's written a lot of hits. I okay. do know he's written a lot of hits. He wrote some with Alanis Morissette, Dave Matthews. Um, can we? Can you do a search on him? Like what Glenn yep, Ballard's best, right now, biggest yeah. written songs are? Because I think he's got some pretty big ones. I think. Yeah, Man in the Mirror, Hand in My Pocket, which is from Alanis. Those are the two big ones. He produced that album too, the Jagged Little Pill. It's no credit for that. This is the Songwriters Hall of Fame. All right. <laughs> Man in the Mirror and Hand in My Pocket. Uh, and the see. other one is giving bad. a high five. He co-wrote Bad. Yeah, with Jackson. Ooh, Jack Wagner, All I Need. That's a fabulous ballad. <laughs> Dangerous with Jackson. Wait, slow down, slow down. Paul Abdul has a song there. What's a Paul Abdul song? Shut Up and Forever Dance. Forever Your Girl. Uh, Shut Up and Dance. Yeah. Yeah. But these are just listing the albums. It's not listing the actual songs. I want the songs. There's got to be... Toto, specific Toto. Songs. If he's such a hot shot. He wrote a he Toto must have song. songs. He must have hits. Uh, number three in the class of seven. Again, this is the soundtrack of your life. Uh, Snoop Dogg. Okay. Yeah. For uh, and they mentioned Doggy Style and just uh, Gin and Juice. They were playing some songs and it just sounded like he was talking. I mean, it didn't really sound like song lyrics per se, but it was yeah, he had his effect. I mean, he's still a big artist. Yeah, this was Very one of my big. favorite uh, lyrics he ever wrote. Smoke weed every day. I don't know if he wrote it or Nate Dogg did, but it was in his song. Glenn Nate Ballard. R.I.P. Hold up. Glenn Ballard wrote for Jack Wagner. Yeah, I mentioned all oh, of you. Did you mention that? Did you know podcast. that Snoop Dogg smokes weed? One of the finest ballads that I can remember. Jack, Jack Wagner's been at the, at the front of the ballad. It's very moving. The ballad movement. <laughs> the ballad movement. Whatever that is. They're called ballads. That's why he's called Ballard. Jack Wagner has another huge ballad, doesn't he? I was going to say Arthur's theme. That's Chris Cross. Hold on. I know you mentioned Wilson Phillips. What are you doing? Oh, Here yeah. in My Heart by Chicago. Wait, what song? Here in My Heart. I do not remember that. I don't think that's a big hit. <laughs> I wrote a lot for Dave Matthews. I don't care if he just wrote songs that are just nothing songs. What hits did he have? That's his hit. Come on. You're This is Jack Wagner's only big hit. You mean Dr. Peter Burns? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew him as Dr. Peter Burns before I knew he even ever sang a song. Let's see. Christopher Cross. Ugh. I bet Arthur's theme has got to be huge. Sailing is number one. Arthur's theme. Maz loves that song. Ride Like the Wind. Think of Laura. Another huge, beautiful song. Sure. From the song stylings of Christopher Cross. Yeah. Okay, so after Snoop Dogg is, of course, somebody I, we've all been saying, how long can they keep her out? Liz Rose. The great Liz Rose. She's written songs with Taylor Swift. Um, she started writing at age 37, so she had a very uh, mature outlook on her songwriting when she started. She wrote for Miranda Lambert, uh, the great Hillary McKenna. A lot of a lot of the Taylor Swift songs. I always thought Taylor Swift wrote all her songs. Uh, I did yeah. too. And now I'm learning that All Too Well and You Belong With Me were Oh my god. Were those monster hits? Teardrops on my guitar and White Horse. Oh my god. Taylor Swift is a fraud. <gasps> um, I wonder you? who was up that didn't get in. That's kind of what I'm interested in. Cuz don't you think they probably had a nominating group they chose the seven from like the Rock Hall? Yeah. Right? Can you somebody Google it? Jeff Lynn, the great Jeff Lynn from ELO, Mr. Blue Sky, Maddie's favorite song, the telephone line. That's right. Twenty top forty hits. Then he had um, 
Free Falling, which he wrote with Tom Petty, which is a huge song. He has the Wilburys. He was given equal credit with uh, Harrison and Dylan and oh, Orbison. Legit. Those are great songs. <laughs> and then, um, person, I think we've all been wondering, how long can the Songwriting Hall of Fame keep Kenny Riley out? How long can they do it? <laughs> and they can't keep it any, they can't keep out any longer. Teddy Riley? The storm would not subside. Kenny Riley is in the Songwriting Hall of Fame. One of the songwriters. <laughs> I think, I all of I think it's Teddy. Who is that? Who is Kenny Riley? Oh, it's not Teddy Riley? It's Kenny Riley? Oh, you it's said Teddy Kenny. Riley? You said Kenny. Is it Teddy? I thought they said Kenny. It's Teddy. Oh, okay. Okay. So while the storm could not keep Teddy Riley, <laughs> the storm would not subside. He fused hip-hop with R&B. Yeah. I wrote a song called Backstreet. He wrote for a band called Backstreet. Yep. A mm-hmm. band named Guy. That's he wrote, a great he song. wrote a song for Keith Sweat and Bobby Brown. Wow. He wrote, uh, oh, he co wrote his biggest credit. Actually, they made the biggest deal of this. He co wrote six songs on Michael Jackson's Dangerous. Was Dangerous a big deal? It's a big album, yeah. Dangerous was? Mm hmm. Compared to Thriller or? Not, com- not, not compared to Thriller. Off the Wall or? No. The biggest song that I can see that he wrote was No Diggity. Yeah, Backstreet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, Kenny, or rather Teddy Riley, <laughs> will no longer be called not a member of the Songwriters Hall of Fame. And then by finally, the, by the way, on Dangerous is Gone Too Soon. That song, Shiny and Sparkly. Oh, he wrote Shiny and Sparkly with I don't Jackson. Know if he wrote that. Uh, that would be Larry Grossman and Buzz Cohen. Shiny and Sparkly. What are, what's the biggest song on Dangerous? Black or White. Oh, that's a good song. That's a great song. Remember the time, Jam. Jam. Those are all I don't remember Jam. Yeah, you do. Gone too soon. Too much for me to Jam! I can never decide whether it's like Gone Too Soon or You Had a Bad Day When Somebody Dies. It's <laughs> close. <laughs> oh, there's a 12-year-old boy. His tendrils are flying in the video. That's effective. <laughs> Culkin in this? I think Michael Jordan most... is in it. Yeah. Does Michael Jackson have those flying tendrils in yeah. history? Yeah, yes. totally. He owns the tendrils market. Wait, ti- this album was eight times platinum. Wait, wait, wait. In this music video, does he play one on one basketball with Michael yeah. Jordan? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. I thought it was two on one, him and Culkins. There, there needs to be a law in place. Michael Jackson should not have been allowed to, to make a video where he's playing one on one with Jackson, unless Jackson was murdering him. The, wor- <laughs> the worst part dunking is over him. Jackson won the game. Oh, here he goes. Oh, Jackson has out. the ball. Look at him. Oh. That's a three pointer. Through the Nothing window from outside oh, the building. Drained it. <laughs> and then he, he was great at basketball and he could dance between shots and stuff. Oh, look how good he was at super soakers. I mean, if he was dancing like that, playing defense on you, wouldn't it be distracting? Yes. You don't know which way he's going. I think he'd be called for traveling a lot. <laughs> Could be. They'd have to go loose on that. Anyway, uh, the final member of the Songwriters Hall of Fame. These are the greatest songwriters in the history of the world, by the way. This is not a very exclusive group. And one thing they did point out is that there's almost nothing a songwriter wants more than to be in the Songwriters Hall of Fame as opposed to any other Hall of Fame. <laughs> Which is why Sade finally, oh, cool. finally is in the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Oh, what song again? Smooth Operator. Oh, right, okay. And all those other great hits like... Great song. Like a tattoo, the sweet taboo. Oh, she did Sweet Town, the sweetest taboo. Aruba, Jamaica. Is that a big song? So, did they have nominees for this? I, I this can't up. draw. I can't find it. Can't find any. 
No. Um, Rolling Stone has the 100 top songwriters of all time. Is Sade in there? <laughs> I don't think so. How about Kenny Riley? Uh, Bob Dylan, Paul McCartney, um, John Lennon, Chuck Berry, strangely. Uh, Smokey Robinson. So, wait, did you say who, strangely? Chuck, Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry has great songs. Jagger and Richards, uh, Carol King. Do- Oh, yeah. Is she in there? Is she Absolutely. in the songwriter's she better Hall of Fame? Paul Simon. I mean, that's just the top ten. <laughs> Maybe just announce it. Smooth operator and shit. Shouldn't Eminem be on that list, songwriter's Hall of Fame? Oh, here's the, here's the nominees. Um, okay, here's who did not make it. Anna Nancy Wilson, rejected again. Really? Brian Adams, rejected the Doobie Brothers, Tom Johnson, Michael McDonald, and Patrick Simmons, rejected. Ugh. Blondie, rejected with Chris Stein. What? R.E.M.'s uh, Michael Stipe. Really? They Mike Mills, rejected. List? I don't know. Makes up list. Bobby Hart and Tommy Boyce, who wrote the Monkey Sits, rejected. Hmm. Uh, ooh, Van Halen, rejected. What? Oh, no, Glenn Ballard. I'm sorry. They're giving Glenn, Glenn Ballard. He wrote some Van Halen. He produced. I guess he did. Yeah. Uh... Sandy Linzer and Danny Randell, who wrote for, f- for the Four Seasons, rejected. Oh. Roger Nichols, who wrote hits for the Carpenters and Art Garfunkel <laughs> and Three Dog Night, rejected. Uh, the Box Top songwriters, rejected. Uh, rejected. I would not have predicted this. I sure would have thought the Doobies and the Heart Sisters mm. and REM really. Well, anyway, they, they this is the soundtrack of your life the last 30 years. <laughs> and congratulations to them. Well, they're right about one thing. It is an eclectic group of people. Did uh, did you see they have freed the nipple on Instagram what? and uh, Facebook? I did not oh, know that. Whoa, 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 this is a great this thing. This can't be true, really? Yeah. No, this is true. And uh, the, many of the boner makers were uh, celebrating this fact. I would assume there's got to be nipple out there already. Or is it is immediately, or we have to wait, wait for people to make bigger boners? It wasn't already report. on there? The policy impedes right to expression for women and trans and non-binary people. So they're saying that it's, right. it's against their rights to not be able to show nipples. This is going to change Instagram. Yeah, because guys can show uh, their nipples, but women can't. Huh. All right. What a great day. That's awesome. You guys aren't pumped? Is anyone doing it yet? Or is it not immediate? Looking. Let's go to Livy Dunes. What do you? Livy. Livy Uh Brandon, can you? Tomorrow is sentencing for the Rust crime shooting, the killing oh. of that lady that I can't remember her name. You don't know her name, Elena Hutchins. <laughs> Elena Hutchins. Uh, I think I sent you the Alec Baldwin. Helena. Yes, her I name is Helena. Hus- if you're spending this much time with you should you know her, her name. name. Her name is Helena. That's oh, the worst thing he's ever done. Worse the, than murdering, murdering her. The Alec Baldwin called a Hilaria, which, by the way, I, I watched it, and I actually made a few notes, and I was like, wait, how does this get out there? Call Alec the hol- Baldwin's call to his wife oh, like, I didn't know right this. after the shooting, Let's and hear it. boom, it's just out there. It's was from it, the interrogation it, uh, room. Because nothing's it, private. Honey, uh, filming uh, was cut short. I should be home uh, in a few days. It's pretty, this is pretty weird. To put it in your ass. I feel like, uh, <laughs> you just listen to it, it's, I don't have to say about this. Hi. Hi. 
comment of communication of the sheriffs and they're about to interview me. Um, how is everyone at home? How are the kids? The kids are great. The kids are great. Did you um, tell, did you, hold on a second, please. Oh. Did you tell Tanya what's going on? No, I didn't. Okay. Um, are you convinced you don't want to come tomorrow? I mean, I don't think it's a good idea. Look, look, call me after you talk with the sheriff, but like, I don't think it's a good idea. Oh, rejected! Yeah. yeah, I think it's a good idea. Hey, who did he shush there? Her. Her. His wife. She oh, started yeah. to oh, yeah. talk oh, about the rejected. kids. Because he asked about the kids. Yeah. She starts to tell him about the kids, and oh. he's like, hold on there. Oh, I thought he was like, telling like, a, an investigator to hang on him on the phone. If I hear somebody answer the phone like that, like, <laughs> I would hang on. <laughs> oh, God, I can't talk to that person. Oh, my I, God. I prefer the way Bobbitt answers the phones by going, what? Well, that's how LT answers the phone. That's right. Yeah, I'm gonna start doing that. Mm -hmm. What? Yeah, let's hear that again. Hey. Hey. Oh. Sheriffs and they're about to interview me. Um, how is everyone at home? How are the kids? The kids are great. The kids are great. Did you tell? Did you hold on a second, please? Did you tell Carmen what's going on? Answered. No, I didn't. Okay. Um, are you convinced you don't want to come tomorrow? No. I mean, I don't think it's a good idea. Look, look, call me. Back down. Public person. No, he turned off. Oh, Change his mind. He turned off speakerphone, so you can't hear her. You hear him though. And where are you? Okay, right. Sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher, doesn't she? <laughs> Man. He is a total dick. Still. Does because uh, you know it's funny they they had a couple pictures of him prior to the call. And after call, and he's crying and uh, tears streaming. Sounds pretty. Follow my wife on Instagram. Pretty okay please. there. That's kind of weird. What's, what's he, who was he asking? Uh, were you going to bring so, or did you tell so and so about it? One of his kids. The kids, yeah. Why no. would you tell the kids? Hey, your dad just shot. Yeah, your dad just killed a lady. <laughs> um, Brandon, did I send you a picture of this? You did. Can you check the account on the picture? Because I think they had more of the call with Hilaria's response because she's saying why she doesn't want to show up. She's like, Man, all that tabloid people will be out there in no time. And he's like, well, that's a better reason to bring the kids. I got to say, I expect nah, her to I go. Fuck you. I expect her to answer the phone by going, hola. Right. If you just slip in and out of it when you just, uh, hola. Como esta? Well, that's the thing, Drew. Like that. When you sent this to me, <sighs> And I think I had to look. Oh, that's where I found it. Where I ended up finding this was there is a Hilaria Baldwin <laughs> subreddit. No, it's oh, no. dedicated to her. the The main picture is, of course, a cucumber. And <laughs> when you go through, <laughs> it's just a subreddit that's that's uh, it's solely here to bash on Hilarious Baldwin. There are so many <laughs> oh, videos of her <laughs> speaking in uh, how do you say English. You know, so many videos of her doing that. Because her English sounded pretty normal there, yeah. didn't it? Mm -hmm. Like, there's one where, like, her kid is lying down <laughs> on, a, on a disgusting uh, elevator floor. Oh, no. Like, Please get up. It is very dirty. And it's, it's like, why are you slipping into this Spanish 
uh, accent practice. again. Practice, yeah. practice, practice. Oh my God! The people are posting. This is already just in one day. It's gonna take. It's gonna take me a long time to find the video because that was a couple days ago. And they just pile on her for everything. Here's she put this out on her TikTok. It's a picture of her kid buried in books, and so everybody's like, "Oh, fake! Oh, shut up! Your kid's not a bookworm. Get fake. Get <laughs> fucking read." There was also a. <laughs> How old is that kid? That kid's pretty old. Looking. Well, they have six <laughs> kids under four. For crying out loud! Wait, she's claiming a four-year-old can read. Yeah, that suggests there's like five books she's there. Talking to Alex's baby. baby. Yeah. Oh, that baby. Hello. Oh, I love you. What am I doing? You know what the kid wants to say? Can't believe I'm bald. Lots of people who want peace, and it's gonna make the world a better place for you. Oh, she's using the accent because she's making this public. Yeah, she's she's posting it. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, that's why. There are so many. Let's just one. Uh, All right, we're playing Cards Against Humanity, and everybody else has gone to bed except for me and her. And we can't vote on our own one. I mean, obviously she's here, but she's sleeping and she's a baby. So. Oh God, no! I don't even want to listen. Um, yeah, there were several other videos of of supercuts where they took all of her public appearances. Because I didn't realize how much she was actually interviewed on red carpets, and she had some show about cooking. You know, cooking Latina food because she's, you know, obviously How can Spanish. he stand her? Born in Boston. Well, I mean, raised nice in Boston, body. but she's Spanish now. Yeah, it didn't sound like it yeah, really you, did that If you much. took the percentage of your life where you're refracting or building oh, up. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, but, um, but versus gotta, the, the amount of time you have a full batch of semen. But, but you got to put yourself in his head. <laughs> I mean, he needs to find someone who can stand him, too. <laughs> that's true. But that's understood. That's part of the deal. He's got money and stuff. I'm famous. It's kind of crazy, though, how she, he's, oh, the kids. And she starts to tell him. And yeah, look, no, I don't really care about the kids. Quiet. Shut up. <laughs> Shut your mouth. So close to shushing. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, here's the one. That... Oh, no. he's very dirty on the floor. Come, come. Why does that kid have shoes on? Why are you filming your kid on that? Gross. <laughs> oh, he's very dirty. Please, 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 Oh, it's just oh. a face of her, and it's a meme. Oh, that's it's clever. The face you make when you realize it wasn't just a fart. Okay. Uh, I've got some breaking news. Oh, <laughs> shit. Breaking news with Mort Krim. A new popularity poll conducted <laughs> in the United States of America to determine um, how much more popular Harry and Meghan have gotten since the release of his book and all of the many things he needed to get off his chest. Mm -hmm. You know, the frostbitten penis... Uh, the fact that he got the um, he got the moisturizer from mommy. Who used to, to use it on her lips. Yeah, it went on, on my mama's lips and on my penis. His brother, the arch, so, his arch nemesis. Now, did did they use? Um, did they trans? Did he have the, transferred from her lips to his penis? Yes. Or yeah. did they yeah, cut that part out directly? <laughs> okay. Uh, anyway, they they have been everywhere. They've, in my opinion, he has done interviews with the most understanding, loving. And uh, trauma-friendly media you could imagine. I haven't seen anyone really challenge him. Except for the Taliban. 
<laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh, you mean in an interview, though? Yeah. No, no, it's pretty much, oh my God, that's terrible. Tell me more. Um, nobody's really said, but why are you telling all of us this? And th this whole business, too, about, um, it's funny when you say, but you're saying that all this stuff is done through the media and leaks, and you're out talking about it yourself. You're yeah. telling everyone yourself. So how is that different? No, everybody, everybody in the world has moved on except for him. Yeah. He actually so, sounds creepy, like a. Creep. Sounds like a fucking nut when he talks yeah. about his mom coming back and then. Oh no, yeah. he's he's really a hateful person. Yeah, he, he is, is. really the You'd most. Think that therapy would have cheered him up. He is king victim. He really is, and I'm amazed. Oh, at least he's got a royal title. <laughs> because people, that's true. Because people um, love giving people a bad time for having privilege. If you have privilege, it's almost like it's your fault. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about regular people, but yeah. this guy, if you're discussing the arena of privilege, no one could possibly have more privilege. Very few people. Just a handful of people uh, could have just, more privilege. I just assume that. that's kind of the deal you make when you're a royal, is that you don't bitch about being a royal. Yeah. No, no, of course not. That's and if ridiculous. You're the, if you're the second kid, you're the spare. I mean, Princess Margaret went through that whole fucking thing. He's not the first person yeah. to... No, they live lives where they have security second. and they're loaded to the gills with money and they get to meet everyone in the world and they're revered nonstop and your wedding is on international TV. I mean, for, for all the hatred for Meghan, remember her wedding? What a celebration of their oh. love it was. It was yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. And they invited George Clooney and Oprah and all these people. They didn't know. Because <laughs> they love right. celebrity. And they made Idris Stop Elba it. DJ. That's right. But anyway, uh, so many reasons to love Harry. Uh, but their huh. popularity has not been helped by the book. In just over a month, following the release of his tell-all memoir, Spare, the couple, who'd previously been hugely popular in the U.S., have sunk in the polls as Prince Harry launched a fresh oh. attack on the royal family. Whoa. A fresh attack. They ever been popular and revealed a range of intimate details, such as how he lost his virginity. Uh, prior to publication, Harry had a favorability rating of plus 38. I'm shocked that is now plunged to minus seven. With pollsters speaking to the same number of voters on January 16th, his wife has also seen her reputation maimed by the drama. She now has an approval rating of minus 13 compared to. <laughs> Plus 23 on December 5th. Oof. Um, I, yeah, I'm amazed that they are more popular over here than they are in, in the UK because they didn't. he didn't do a lot of interviews over there. It was really pushing the U.S. market. I would think we would be much more sick of this asshole. Well, I think, we, I think that's the point of this poll is that all the appearances he's done now has totally flipped everyone's opinion on him because I don't think people pay attention. I don't think people did pay attention to him like we do, clearly. Oh, not uh, like we do, but before the book came out. But the Oprah thing was huge. Yeah, like, if you had legitimate complaints sure. that you really wanted to air, that did it. Yeah. You didn't need to say another word. Yeah. But, of course, he did because think, he got paid for it. I think that poll also pointed out that a third of the people they talked to have, haven't heard anything about him. So, you know. Well, those type of people don't care about him anyway. Mm -hmm. But I, I don't know. I'm just... Honestly, I'm waiting for the next interview, and I'm going to be amazed at whoever wants it. Well, he's done, isn't he? Yeah. Well, has he ever done? He's never done. Yeah. She's going to have him memoir. on her, her podcast. She has a memoir. <laughs> She's still doing oh, yeah. it. Uh, and I think her series is over. Yeah, they do seasons, remember? So yeah. she'll have another one in three years? Oh, probably next year, because she won the Critics' Choice Best Podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> <such> <laughs> bullshit. 
Um, she has a book coming out, and don't they have other projects? They owe Netflix like a trillion projects. They were paid $100 million by Netflix. Did you see who was on her season final or finale of Archetypes? No. It's called Man Festing a Cultural Shift. Care to guess what three guys she decided to have to talk about? They're going to be really soft. I know that. Uh, let's see. Sean Mendez? Big, big, big names. Uh, one in the world of comedy, in air quotes. Um, Andy Cohen. I'll just give you Andy Cohen. And actually, the other two are big names in the world of comedy, in air quotes. Andy Cohen. Comedy. Um, Anderson Cooper. Because uh, nope. those two are inseparable. Yeah, the world, Aziz the world. Ansari? Nope. Judd Apatow. Oh. <laughs> and Trevor Noah. <laughs> of course! Oh, I thought, I mean... Speaking <laughs> for all men? Predictable. Yeah, no, I mean, when you think of a normal guy, don't you think of Trevor Noah and Judd Apatow and Andy Cohen? Yeah. Totally normal totally. guys. I would be so embarrassed to be a guest on her podcast. Not for the women, because they all can go, Yeah, well, she's a star, I just have to hit tennis balls, and she's just a, oh, she's just hot. She's a boner maker, but Megan she's more than a boner maker. Megan opens the conversation to see how men feel about archetypes and the collective effort to move beyond them. She turns to comedian Trevor Noah, talk show host and TV producer Andy Cohen, and director, producer, and screener Judd Apatow, to explore how men can be an impactful part of the culture conversation oh my God, I through their it. roles in the media and for some as husbands and fathers. God, I hate her. That is oh nothing God, is new. boring? Or half the population, so... Big deal. I still can't understand why anyone listened to that stupid podcast. The science guy. It was a kid science show with experiments and some laughs. And actually, what's funniest about all of this is when Duh. I think back to when or why I would watch that show. My voice is so triggering. It's bizarre to me because I wasn't really a science kind of girl growing up. Somebody get a dick. I loved cooking, <laughs> gardening, writing letters. Oh yeah. I mean, not Bullshit. much has changed with any you of that. Such a traditional but woman. also during my childhood, STEM wasn't something I ever remember people talking about, let alone what STEAM. What wasn't STEM? STEM. I love that that is what kids and girls especially Special. are encouraged STEM, to sink their science, teeth into today. But engineering as a kid in the 80s, oh, okay. of course I that know wasn't that. what I was exposed to. Oh. Yeah, they didn't and teach women adult, math or anything like that. In California. still not really be my thing, my fascination with understanding how we're wired, digging deep. Slut. And understanding the chemistry behind something, you that's know. very much present for me. I don't know if I'm nitpicking, but you would think with the 50 people that work on her show, the sound would be better? No, it sounds I stumbled terrible. across a concept in one that explores how we change the way we think and even rewire oh, our brains. I got bad news for Megan. Spotify is not in the top 50 shows on Spotify. Oh. Not in the top 60. This sounds like shit. Turn it up a little bit. When I saw this, it immediately made me think of archetypes. People say it all the time. This sounds like shit. Turn it up. <laughs> because if these labels and boxes are so ingrained in our thinking that we subconsciously judge, only you can break it, Megan. This is or really limit both ourselves horrible. and others as a result of them. Then she's on the top. The larger 75. question is: What's the fix? Is it cultural conversation? Perhaps. What is it learning? What the fuck are you talking well, yeah, about? Learning is always good, but how do we actually do the reframing? And is it possible to actually rewire those She's thoughts? She's Impulsive by Logan Paul. So, <laughs> in this book. Oh, Emrod is ahead of her. She's number 97. Me. That's Stay on just Spotify, you're like, oh, though. She's getting woo-woo. One slot below Emrata. Scientific. And what I found in this book is a concept Shut called up. neuroplasticity. Huh? 
Oh, oh, she's so smart. I can't believe how brilliant she is. I mean, anybody who talks like that is trying to tell you, I'm really smart if you don't know it. Yeah, I feel like this would be in, uh, well, I would hope this would be in the guy's mind as she's interviewing him. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Listen, shut up for a second. Can you imagine someone really listening to that really carefully? No, because no one does. Oh, she's 97th. That's pretty good. She's almost, she's on Emrata's heels. I think that's people that left the radio on. Oh, Oh, Bigfoot Collectors Club is four slots behind her. What? They got to get it moving. That sounds awesome. The Always Sunny podcast is on her heels. Let's see what else. Funny because it's true with Elise Myers, which is not funny at all. You know, I think she's losing the entire male audience and many of the women. It's probably not That was a top five podcast, Funny Because It's True with Elise Myers. Yeah, it is. She's a big TikToker. Oh, yeah, Carl did it, yeah. Not funny. Not funny, but because it's it's true. Uh, Come on, these people will pass her. Giggly Squad. Who's that? I, don't, I have no idea, but they're behind her. I'm just rooting for them. I'm going to say a prayer for them tonight. <laughs> say a prayer. <laughs> All right. Well, um, you know, we love your five-star ratings on uh, Spotify and iTunes. I'm glad people are rating us again on iTunes because I was so fired up to get to 1,000 Spotify ratings that I, I really kind of left iTunes out, and we do love your reviews on all our platforms. It's so nice to see them. And uh, our Amazon portal was so active in November. Oh, you should totally go on our Amazon portal and pre-order Gary Graff's Alice Cooper at 75. Oh, great idea. If you're a fan, it's really good. It's out January 31st, unless you're Drew and you have an advanced copy. Oh, I didn't realize it wasn't out there. (laughs) I did not know that. Oh, you, 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 just because you had it. Assumed everyone does, huh? But you I, can because I'm a journalist. I need to a see journalist. that. A oh, wheels as hey. a copy. Can't you take the wheels copy home? Somebody's going to take it home. That's Doug's. I don't think he's going to open it. <laughs> you know he won't. Oh my god, he's such a collector. <laughs> don't write me a book, kid. I, I might have to though. And you can uh, donate to help the Drew and Mike show. Uh, we have a donate bar. And you can donate on a one-time basis or on a monthly basis. Take your pick. All of it helps keep this show rocking along. And uh, speaking of, I do want to thank our new advertiser, the folks from Ghost Budsters. Me too. And, yeah, Brandon was a fan. When do we get Eli trying some of this Ghost Budsters? We should have uh, a contest where we bake out the studio with a lucky <laughs> Whoa! Find Ghost Budsters at Vibe, all locations, King of Buds in Monroe, Information Entropy in Ann Arbor, Breeze in Hazel Park, and Shango in Hazel Park. And, of course, our presenting sponsor is Hall Financial. Call Hall if you're interested in a refi to get rid of all that credit card debt. High interest rates. 586-209-41. No, that's not their number. What am I talking about? 866-CALL-HALL or chat with them online at callhallfirst.com. There you go. See ya! Go buy yourself a book and get in the washroom and take care of yourself. One ounce of purple opal, two ounces of fisherman's friend, and a half ounce of Alabama Kush. You know what? I don't want no hangover. I can't get no hangover. It doesn't give you a hangover. Well, I get addicted to it or something? It's not habit forming. I don't know. I don't want to overdose on it. You can't OD on it. It's not going to make me want to have sex, is it? It makes sex even better. Sounds kind of expensive. It's the cheapest drug there is. 
Reefers. <laughs>